What's up, folks? Welcome back to the Fake Nerd Podcast, episode 227. I'm Ron Eliopoulos, and I'm joined with my favorite garbage men in all the world. We're going to take out the trash. That is pop culture news. What's up? I got Brandon T. McClure. Hello. I got Ben Magnet, and I got Sparks Witty on the driver's side with me. I am 100% a garbage man. Absolutely. I think we're all, yes, we all, I'll just stop it there before it gets mean. Yeah, we're here to talk about Space Sweepers, a new, a new movie that's Guardians of the Galaxy meets Monday to Friday, trying to make a wage. Loving, feeling good. What's up, guys? Meets Outlaw Star. Outlaw um, Star, Cowboy Bebop, all the references. Um, uh, Real quickly, before we get into our weeks, I wanted to just mention, so we do have links in the description below. Um, No, we don't. We have one link in the description because, Ryan, you didn't do Robin Hood. No, uh, Super Bowl Sunday. We're all busy. Yeah. Um, so there's one link in the description. I'm going to start doing this uh, when they're up, but the FN book club, Fake Nerd book club, uh, audio episode three, Wasted Space Volume three is in uh, the description. You can find that below. Uh, subscribe to the audio channel if you want. And that's it. Uh, we got nothing. We didn't really do a whole lot this week because it's our down week. Down week. I'll come down. Um, I, I'll go first. I didn't really have anything. Go for it. If that's okay. Um, well, I didn't read any comics because they bring me no joy right now. Screw you, Immortal Hulk. Um, well, then, that's yeah, that's 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 a bummer. That's it was it. here's the thing. It was the it was the 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 it was the nail on the coffin for for me for this week. Not like for in general. I will read comics again, yeah. and I will read Immortal Hulk again. I just um, with all the talk about like Avengers and and like so many things I read, I just see online how everyone just like you're stupid if you read these. You're, these are bad books so it, it really like hurts me sometimes sometimes i let it get to me more than it does but immortal hulk's news was just like well not this week yeah no i feel that yeah i just didn't go to the store because i i've I worked yeah um I, I, how, however um probably i'm gonna drop avengers um i liked avenger i like avengers a lot uh up until the moon knight arc and then the Phoenix arc is kind of like the bad way to do a tournament arc. So I'm not crazy about it right now. Yeah, I I, I have been reading it uh, on Marvel Unlimited because I, I I dropped it a while ago. But um, yeah, that Moon Knight arc, um, not not a fan. Like, I, it's so crazy because like, uh, I like Jason Aaron a whole lot. And I think he does really great stuff with characters. But like, there's just something about this Avengers run where it's like his characters are all off for me whether it's one thing or another just like it doesn't feel like the same jason aaron and i feel like he's maybe trying to do something different than he's used to but i just don't think it's working i think the the, the ideas are cool the execution is very sloppy there's a lot of things that i've really enjoyed in his run like the vampires um the one million bc and mephisto and i think all that stuff is really interesting and really engaging i, like I really sure yeah yeah i like the i like the the ghostwriter arc a lot um, but the Moon Knight arc, I like the idea of like Khonshu being jealous. He's not a, he's not one of the primordial forces. I like yeah. that. But everything else with like Mark Spector just didn't jive with me. And then the and I was like, okay, that's one arc. It's fine. I've been enjoying this from now from for, for a while. So like obviously like you know you you miss you don't always hit. Yeah. And then the Phoenix one is just boring, and I just don't really care for it. So yeah. going into Heroes Are Born, I might just I might just drop it. Yeah. Um, okay, but the things I did do. <laughs> Um, I started watching a new show on NBC. It's a new sitcom, uh, Mr. Mayor with Ted Danson and Holly Hunter. Cool. Okay. Um, that show is really, really funny for me. I'm not going to say it's like really great. It is the sitcom I would write if I had the option. Okay. All right. Uh, it is definitely like my brand of humor. There's a bit where Ted Danson gets high and he's the mayor. So he has to, to go to the thing and he's opening, like he's doing like a ribbon cutting and 
the LA Kings mascot. It was a lion. Am I correct, Ben? Yeah, yeah. Billy okay. the lion. Yeah, so he is a lion. He's running up to Danson with the... It's like this whole show. And he's like with the scissors to cut the ribbon. And Dan's like, oh my God, what is that? And he starts, like, starts smacking it. And he like knees him in the stomach. And, like, and like there's a thing where like the, the lion like jumps on a trampoline. And he goes, it can fly? That's great. And then he like picks up a trash can when the lion's on the ground. And he just goes, and he just goes fly back to hell! <laughs> the guy. And I was dying. Wow. Ted Ted Danson's very funny and he's been getting a lot of good good comedy shows under his belt lately. Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, so that's awesome. Um as five episodes in, I really enjoyed it. Um I'm probably not gonna talk about it again until the season is over, but I thought it, I thought it was a blast. Watched wow. all five yesterday. Um, and then uh because of the tragic news of Christopher Plummer, who we'll talk about a little later, I watched my favorite Christopher Plummer movie. Which is uh, Star Trek Six. Star Trek Six, oh. The Undiscovered Country. Nice. Oh, he's a bad boy, right? Yeah, he's General Chang, the Klingon. Yeah, um, he has the he he's the 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 Shakespeare the Shakespeare yelling Klingon. Because um, guys, if you know, you haven't heard you haven't heard Shakespeare until you've heard it in the original Klingon. It's true. Um, uh, and real quick, uh, real quick, I just I have a Star Trek anecdote. I, I was on Twitter and I and I read a story about a couple. Who one guy spoke English and the and the lady spoke Spanish, but they met at a Star Trek convention and they both spoke spoke Klingon and that's how they communicated <laughs> together. And I'm like, that's just too nerdy to be good. Oh, I can't. That's you know, so cute. right? It probably is. Except the yeah. one I read was like one guy spoke English and his wife spoke French. And they yeah, did, I, it honestly, it but yeah, they met at a Star Trek convention and the only way they communicate was by speaking Klingon. So that's how they talked to each other and they eventually got married, which I thought was adorable. At the same it's time, I was like, French. wow. It's not I mean, French, I, the Romance language. It's Klingon. I, 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 I'm not ever going to be the type of Star Trek nerd that can spout Klingon. Yeah. Um, but that's a whole another commitment. Yeah. But like, like community college offered, actually offered, a, it was part of like the foreign like, four language course. And it was actually like, hey, if you want to learn how to speak Klingon, we have a course. And I was this close to like, why not? A waste of hey. your college education, if you ask me. <laughs> hey, guys, I have a pro tip. Klingon is just derivative of, of Egyptian. Learn Egyptian. Oh, that's so much cooler. Sure. <laughs> um, that's true. Gene Roddenberry like just changed some adjectives and shit. Awesome. Um, yeah. So thinking of like Klingon, like Christopher Plummer has to spout not just Shakespeare, but Shakespeare and Klingon and be convincing. And it's really great. To, it's just such a fun performance. I love it. I love watching him in that role. Um, he's so like big and, and dramatic and, and, and things. It's, it's awesome seeing him play against William Shatner like that. Well, that's really all I did. Unfortunately, I, I had a, another pretty bad depression week. So I didn't, I wasn't motivated to do a whole lot more. I feel you, bud. Yeah. Next. <laughs> I'll go. Sure. Uh, I, I returned to working full time and having the worst schedule in the world. So uh, I, I mostly I've watched now more critical role or listened to a combination of both uh, than I have. I think any other television show I've ever watched in my life in terms of just watch something once because like, you know, TV shows run like, you know, 50 episodes, 100 episodes. I have now listened to like 150 hours of critical role because they've been doing this for five years and every episode is three to five hours long. So that's perfect for work, Ben. Like we talked about this before. Um, mm -hmm. If you know, guys don't know, critical role is a live Dungeons and Dragons uh, playing session between all the coolest voice actors in the world. It's a lot of fun. They get really into the characters. And um, 
it's just it's really it's really it's really special and ben you've watched it so you you know why like it's not just people playing a board game it's it's these really talented actors they're not just voice actors there's actors really getting into these characters and like watching a television show these characters develop over time but it's not one hour at a time it's literally a hundred hours of building characters so like when emotional stuff happens people are crying and they're really invested and like i get emotional i'm like this is really impressive it's like live theater while also playing board games like it's it's i can see why it was a phenomenon when it came out and why it's still has like hundreds of thousands of live viewers every single week that they do it. Um, it's really great. It's also just like helping me with my RPG thing that I'm building. Um, Cause like the- It's uh, like Dungeon and Dragon, the soaps. Yeah, a hundred percent. Like, yeah, the days of our dungeons. Yeah. yeah. Um, it kind of, it, it honestly kind of is. I, there are times where even though you guys- Days like, of our cool. dungeons. What? <laughs> it's just days, days of our dungeons. There were times where I'm going to work. And I'm like, man, I don't want to go to work. And then I would see where I work. I was like, oh, this is awesome. And then I would pop in Critical Role. And I was like, oh, man, I'm going to be sufficiently entertained for the next game. And yeah, I'm working. But at the same time, it's like, I'm in a decent spot at work where I'm not have to run around like a chicken with my head cut off. And mm-hmm. I get to listen to Dungeons and Dragons for three hours. This is good. Yeah. Um, and it's D&D is like, it's, 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 it's improv more than anything. Like you are, you are role playing this, like a, a character, whether it's, you know, sci-fi fantasy, uh, uh, any type of, any type of role. But um. It's just a lot of fun and like it's it's again like helping me like to see like what I can do to make myself a better dungeon master and game master and like how how what not to do and what to do and stuff like that. So that's been fun. Um I played a couple of video games for a few hours each just to get more mech action in. So uh, I re-downloaded Titanfall 2. And hey, guys, I've said it before, but that, that's seriously one of the best vi- video games ever made. Like Titanfall 2, the action is so good. And they actually made such a compelling story between you and this mech who you get bonded to. Um, it's really, really cool. It's really good world building. Um, the action is great. Um, it's in the same world as Apex Legends, which is a, a Fortnite-esque game that's out now. Um, so that actually makes you want to go back to that game because it's the same type of gameplay and inside that world. Um, so maybe check that out later. Um, I also got back into XCOM, which is another tactical role-playing game. Um, and that's about shooting aliens and like hiding behind cover and you die a lot and you lose a lot of friends. And that's games. It teaches you a lot about survival, much like Battletech, which is another game I put a few more hours into. I talked about that last week. Um, another mech uh, uh, tactical game. I'm into a lot of tactics, you guys. It's lots of moving pieces and calculating numbers. It's a lot of fun. Um, besides that, uh, I didn't read any comics. Oh, nope, I read one nope no i didn't i read this week's book club is what i read <laughs> so that's me it's mech attack mech action i did some stuff with ben i played he helped me with my with my role-playing game that's yeah nice. do you want to that's pass it. the baton to ben yeah case? sure yeah sure so uh gentlemen i have some uh good news you're a millionaire i i freaking wish no uh my toes healed yeah my toes pretty much healed bad news is i have to go back to work on monday and I really i'll be honest I'll be honest, once you set the bar at you're a millionaire, anything else is just going to be sad. Oh, <laughs> sorry. Yeah, so I can, I'm, I've been walking around with my foot, so my foot's pretty much healed. Where doctor said I'm good, they want to do a trial run at work on Monday, so pretty, I still have to go back next Friday. And I mean, other than that, the, the, yeah, I mean, cool. I'm not in pain anymore, which is also, which is always nice. But besides that, um, <laughs> I actually did do quite a bit this week. Um, I finished DuckTales. That's one of the things I want, really want to get into with Brandon because I finished uh, <laughs> I finished season two of DuckTales, which is the only, which is the latest season that's on Disney Plus right now. And by God, I want them to put season three up so bad right now. Still hasn't aired its final episodes, which is why it hasn't yeah. been put on Disney Plus yet. Yeah. 
Uh, but yeah, I mean, I've, I know I've said it before. Brandon said it. Uh, DuckTales is amazing. The new DuckTales is amazing. David Tennant, I just cannot sing his praises enough. As no spoilers. Duck. No spoilers. Uh, but if the Darkwing Duck Disney Plus series coming out doesn't spin off directly from that two-parter from DuckTales, I'll be very disappointed because they do some really cool, interesting shit with Darkwing Duck in those two episodes. Yeah, I'm... I guess I, I kind of I'm quite I'm quote unquote tr- trade waiting for Ducktales because I'm not trying to actively go out and seek Ducktales and watch them. I'm just gonna wait until they're all on Disney Plus. I'm just gonna binge the whole thing. Hell, I might finish the whole season in one go. Who knows? Um, but yeah, Ducktales is hilarious. The ending the ending of season two I was not expecting that. It does make me want more. And do not sleep on that new Ducktales show, guys. That show is phenomenal. Well, it's already canceled. So I already I already slept on it. It's mm-hmm. been, I'm, so, I'm so sleepy, you guys. I can't. You uh, slept on it. You just watched it. <laughs> yeah, I won't even say I didn't sleep on it because I also didn't watch it when it was airing. It's canceled. I, like, we're the I reason gotta, why it's canceled. I, I gotta tell you, I gotta tell you, like, I am so upset that uh, that I dropped off most of the shows, the cartoons specifically I was keeping up with when we moved because I was up on DuckTales, Tangled, Big Hero 6, the series, um, all the Cartoon Networks, and then we moved and I lost my direction on all of them partially were, because a lot of them i was watching with megan and partially because like i just had to figure out how i was going to watch them now sparks mm-hmm. yeah they were all canceled yeah i know it's it's uh, our fault we did it all your faults. no apparently like <laughs> disney's like three seasons for cartoon shows that's it i can see why tangled went went three seasons because it's an expensive show but except i think lion guard still hasn't been pulled Wow. Oh, that's a, then go ahead and go your week. But yeah, but yeah. The one yeah, Star and Forces of Evil, that was supposed to have a lot more seasons to it, but then that only got three, which that was what a show? Star versus the Force of Evil. That's a uh, show that uh, uh, Sparks and I talked about. Uh, yeah, yeah. No, Lion Guard also got canceled after three. <laughs> hey, it's better than Netflix's two. Yeah, Netflix true. is also three. Is it? Oh, is it three? Okay. Yeah. Girl Meets World is three. Girl Meets World is three. We talked about that how they how they had how they canceled the live action shows after three seasons, but not their animated shows. Now they've done those are their animated shows. Man, what's going on at Disney right now? What the hell? Can you imagine Stars Stars Three also isn't yeah it? Stars Three. Gravity Can you imagine Falls, if Rebels didn't Gravity get Falls it? is two. Well, okay, well Gravity Falls is the exception because that had to be because that was uh, preordained. That was they knew that they were going to end it at two. Sort of. That was sort of preordained. Can you guys imagine if Rebels aired now and only got three seasons? Oh, that'd be a crime. It'd be a bummer. No, it would just get the Clone Wars treatment and get like a sequel, like a sequel uh, uh, season, like six years later with better graphics and stuff. <laughs> right. Anyway, sorry, Ben. Go ahead. With so the besides, uh, besides Ducktales, the other media I've mostly been consuming is, of course, video games. Um, before I go into the big one that we're playing with uh, these two mostly during this week. Uh, I've gotten a lot more into uh, Super Mario Maker 2. I haven't built any courses yet, but I'm still playing through other play- people's courses. That game is awesome. I know it's been out for a while. And just to go on to Super Mario, apparently Super Mar- in Super Nintendo World over at Universal Studios Japan just had their grand opening. Ooh, and yeah. I made the mistake of watching a blogger's uh, video about it, and it made me sad, not because how like things are bad. Everything looks fantastic, but it makes me sad because I can't go because COVID is still around. And money. And money. Yeah. COVID. Yeah, I, I wish sad. I could 
I wish I could afford a trip to Japan. I mean, I wish I could afford a trip to Japan too. But at least I wish, I wish I could afford. I wish I could afford a trip to Japan, not go, and not have to worry about other things. <laughs> but Brandon, in my in my mind, the first barrier is COVID. The second barrier, as in money to go to Japan, is a little easier to get over. Whereas this one, it's not on me to get over. Oh, it's like Mister Job world. Security over here. <laughs> Uh, we have someone in the chat real quick. Uh, uh, Scott Melville. Ben, let's you. go. <laughs> yeah, um, that's one of my buddies from Cactus Club. Mm. Hey, Scott. But uh, yeah, so I so I watched the video on the park. Park looks amazing. I watched the video on the merchandising. I know if that event, if I don't go to Japan one, I'll definitely go to the United States one once those are built and open and ready to go without fear of COVID and everything. <laughs> Thanks, buddy. And you bring a I cookie to the class, you share with the whole class. Oh no, you think I'm not gonna bring you guys stuff? Of course I'm gonna bring you guys stuff. No, no, Scott. Oh. <laughs> he's gonna take you on this podcast. He's gonna say that he takes all of us <laughs> for package deal. It's like Costco. You know what, Ben? Just wait, because as soon as COVID is done, Universal Studios will open and they will have a Nintendo World. Because right, I know they're building they're building one a Nintendo World in all of the parks so both parks here in the united states will get one which is cool but at the same time it's like i know once i eventually go to this once i eventually go to super nintendo world i'm probably gonna bring like just like 200 250 maybe 300 bucks in cash with me just to for merchant alone because oh, yeah. that stuff looks awesome it does avengers campus was supposed to be open seven months ago yeah it was <laughs> Ow. It'll open up when Black Widow comes out. I was going to drop money there, too. Yeah. Uh, one of my friends, Micah, he was going to take me as his plus one. Yeah. Oh, wow. Oh. Damn you, COVID! Oh, it's, it's too bad Disney Disney tried to, tried to open up a park during a pandemic. God, it's not like it was in works for five years. Takes time to build, to build memories. That should be that should be their slogan. You know, with that the pardon our stardust on it should be yeah. take time to build memories. Give me the money, Disney. That's, that's good. Yeah. That's, that's just pretty good. That's pretty good. I'm gonna write that down. I don't know why, but I'm gonna write it down. <laughs> good, good, good. All so right, then. besides playing Super Mario Maker Maker 2, I also beat Bloodborne finally with my brothers. So we beat the last boss. Did you which ending did you get? Uh, the one where the creepy nightmare thing hugs me, puts me into its face, and then I'm on the wheelchair replacing German. Did you not fight it? No. Oh, Ben, you got the bad ending. I know, I got the bad, got ending. The bad I didn't ending. get the I didn't get the umbilical cords. I only got one umbilical cord. We didn't go back because after I beat it, I was like, yeah. oh, we didn't go back. New game plus instantly started. Yeah, you. So you get umbilical cords, which give you insight to help you see the elder beings from the cosmos. Oh, yeah, it's a Lovecraft game, guys. Well, I know. Oh, I, know. I love it. I know. Yeah, so, yeah, I'm to you, Ben. Explain to them. He's not telling you. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, Bloodborne, Bloodborne's fun. Can't wait. Next game I plan to play with my brother is Demon Souls. But besides that, another game I found out that him and also his girlfriend plays is a game that Sparks and Ryan got me into last week. And they really got me into it this week, you rat bastards. Yeah. I'm I hear somebody has a battle pass. Somebody. Yeah. I'm, on the fort- I'm on the Fortnite train. And- <laughs> is it fun, Ben? Are you having fun? Okay. With, when I'm playing with you guys and I'm playing with my brother, it is fun. I haven't played solo yet. So, yeah. yes. 
I so yes, and I know I've crapped on Fortnite in the past, and I've given us so much shit to uh the, to the game, but it has gotten a whole lot better. And people, if you like games and you play them, go ahead and play them. Uh, yeah, I I think where where the battle pass becomes important is if you're playing solo. Mm-hmm. Uh, you play a lot of Fortnite on on your own. You want the battle pass because otherwise everything's just kind of for nothing. For nothing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and that could be fine if that's what you like. Like Fortnite can still be a fun thing to do. It's still a fun like, game to play to, yeah. while you listen to a podcast or something. Yeah, totally fits the bill. But for me, I don't think I would play it by myself if I didn't have the battle pass. No, because you got quests and you're always leveling up to get like the next cool thing. Gotta get Baby Yoda. Gotta yeah. get Baby Yoda. Actually, I was, um, I mean, because today is Super Bowl Sunday, so there's a lot of stuff. I mean, I was watching the football game and also I had stuff to do for the show today, so I haven't been able to touch it. I don't know if I, I'll play tonight, to be perfectly honest. But it's definitely a game where you can just go and you do your quest and get out and do something else. Or if you actually do have friends online, you can play with them. Because I remember um sparks you we were playing with travis earlier this week and yes we got uh, that also travis my friend uh jumping in for the first time Which and uh, we we got to talk about that for a second because yeah. um so when ryan and ben and i play we play like an executing like we're, we're doing a swap wait let me, guess. let me guess is travis a wild card yeah. Yeah. that's how he plays games in such a way where you watched other fortnite players playing trios who are used to dealing with like yeah. the, the people who are coordinated and they're doing their attacks yeah. and travis is like we're on the ground shooting at them travis is drawing a car at them just yeah. around and hopping out of it randomly and shooting them jumping back in the car and driving around and they clearly don't know what to do to stop He's him a, i specifically remember like coming downstairs and you're like Travis, where are you going? And I'm like, oh, that's, you can't do that in Fortnite. Uh, he's, so that made me laugh. chaos incarnate. That's great. That makes me happy. One of the best lines I heard when we were playing was Spark saying, like, Travis, you are chaos. And Travis, <laughs> all, tra- all I hear Travis is going, wee, because he's in a car and he's going off little cliffs and everything. I so, so happy to find out you could use vehicles. Yeah, it's good. So, not only that, I just find it. I don't know if it was a bug or if it's just like some stroke of dumb luck. I'm really hoping it's a stroke of dumb luck because when you two got me into it and the three of us played all together, we got three victory royales in a row playing trios. When mm-hmm. Sparks Tracks and I played, we played twice. Oh no, we played three times as well, three full rounds. We got two victory royales in a yeah. row. And the last match, um, I want to say we got like maybe third or second place. We were really close to winning. We got second, yeah. There we were two. There were two people left, and and we got done in the same pro gamers. That's what I'm yeah. saying. But the funny thing is, while we were playing with Travis, Travis was saying, "It's like I don't think these are real people, guys. I don't think no, we're but- it's like no, these are real humans we are playing against." He's like, Again, that "Like it's not. It's not just on your PlayStation. Mm-hmm. You played on the PC, on the Switch, and on your phones. So like, mm-hmm. it's there's." There's a million people playing that game on their phone, so they do not have the same just capabilities as we do. But also, they don't really care because Fortnite's a pretty, a pretty you know easy, simple game to play. Mm-hmm. Um, so sometimes you'll get like like the last time we played, we got a lot of like heavy builders, and we, we just can't compete with those guys because they're probably like 11 years old and have reflexes of a tiger. Uh, we can't win against that. We just we're, we're getting too old. Can't do it. Although I was happy to there was this really tough level I was playing on. It wasn't a Kaizo style level, but it was still like pretty tough. That I, I was able to be, I was the first one to clear it, and that made me proud. Then we're definitely gonna play some hard ass levels. For no, um, it's gonna be a nightmare. No, playing Super Mario Maker 2 
why is it? Because I mean, I know we're still do. You guys are still doing base arcade, even though you know we're still in the quarantine. We're still trying to stay safe and everything. I can't actually physically be there to play the games with you guys. But as I'm playing Mario Maker Two, I know we talked about when the game first came out, and it's been like a year and a half after. It's like as I'm playing, it's like God, we need to do stuff with this. This is so much fun. It's oh, so yeah. much creativity. I cannot tell you how many times I go into a level, and there is a few levels. It's like, hey, video game music quiz, and people make the music in the game and you have to pick which side. If you pick the right one, congrats. But if you don't, you, then you just fall into a uh, spikes of death. It's really cool. There's a lot it of, is, so many people get creative through that game and it boggles me. It makes me want to go, but at the same time, because it's so massive, it's like part of me feels overwhelmed. If I want to make a course, cause it's like, God, what do I start? What do I do? I you just no start. You just start. Yeah. Just, just like literally any other art project in life. You just start and see where it takes you. Um, as of right now, I'm going through the story mode slowly but surely. I'm actually pretty close to beating, oh, well, not being a story level, or maybe being close to close to being in story mode. The ca- uh, in story mode, you have to help fix Peach's castle, and the castle's like 67% complete right now. Look at that. Oh, so, half, two-thirds of the way there. Yeah, two-thirds of the way there, but yeah. Uh, that's pretty much been my week, just enjoying it, and then I got the news on Friday. I was like, hey, you can go back to work. I'm like... <laughs> No, and also the Super Bowl was today, and a certain someone got their seventh ring, even though I did not want them to. Was it the person in our chat? Was it um, the Mandarin? Because he only needs three more to get his whole collection. Sure. Oh my God! What if Tom Brady's the Mandarin? Uh, that listen, if that's the cameo in in, in, in Shang Chi, like I won't hate it. I'll hate it, um, but I think it'll be fine. I will definitely hate it. Uh, Sparks. Yeah, hey, what's up? What's uh, up? I watch Gilmore Girls. That still happens. It's your name, uh, Around we texted other things. It. Huh? We texted about it. We did text about it because uh, there, there, there's particular stuff that, that went on, and I'm like, yo, the show can be mad infuriating sometimes. <laughs> um, especially, like, coming at it from, like, I can recognize that the show's made in the, in the era that it's made in and everything, and I remember what shows were like at that time, but I'm like, man hate this sometimes <laughs> um Fortnite, we talked about plenty uh megan and i finished queen's gambit um that's a really good show uh i i think last time we talked about it, i was maybe a little bit down on it even while i was saying it was good um there's definitely one episode in the middle where i won't say the whole episode is just worthless that's not that's not accurate but most of it could have been cut and it wouldn't have changed the show much and uh and that kind of created a lull that Megan and I had difficulty coming back around from. Mm-hmm. Um, but now we finished it. Uh, I really like it. I think it's a good show. I think Ronnie Taylor Joy is doing a fantastic job. I think the cast is really good. Um, there's things in the story I still don't like. Like the, the, there's this kind of problematic, it, it takes until the last episode for them to be clear. Like, no, she realizes now she never needed drugs and alcohol in order to be great at chess. And I'm like, that maybe took a little bit too long um but they they do like kind of go no she gets it now and i'm like oh all right um there's 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 good stuff in it uh i i probably will end up watching it again at some point because uh currently in my film class my professor has talked about that he thinks it's one of the best uh best shows to look to for editing purposes Hmm. uh in terms of you are constantly watching this girl play chess matches, but you're never bored. Mm-hmm. And like just the way that the show is edited together is actually very impressive. And I'm going to have to go back and take a 
take a deep look at that. Brandon, is a book going to attack you? No. Okay. I just um, wanted to be sure because you're looking like you're looking real nervous over at your shelf. No, sorry, I have a crank in my neck. Okay. Uh, I'll I'll I want to watch that show. So if you need to rewatch it sometime too. I'll yeah, I'd, I'd like to to specifically just pay attention to the ending. I kind of want to get a little bit of distance from it, but like it's uh it's it's worth the watch if you guys you know it's a limited series. Like I said, there's there's at least one episode that that really drags. You got to get over that hump. Um, and I still stand by that. Uh, so mo pretty much every episode opens with a flashback to when she's really, really young and it's with her mom and they cast a really young girl for her and that girl's fine. Um, if you're not, I, I'd argue even if you are binging the show, uh, those flashbacks kind of aren't meaningful in the moment. Um, she doesn't even talk about her mom until the end uh, and like why those flashbacks would even matter. It's it's just like it's trying to keep that present in your mind. It's... Uh, I, I didn't think that the stuff about her mom landed uh, in terms of her her reflecting on it or the flashbacks that started each episode, but um, that's that's just the other part of it. And then uh, I still don't think that the in-between girl that plays her when she first gets to the orphanage is necessary. I think they could have just had Anya Taylor-Joy and I would have accepted. She looks a little old, but that's fine because she still plays her a couple years later at the orphanage and then it is Anya Taylor-Joy and I'm like well th this just could have been her because she's got another friend there who's the same actress yeah in both time periods and I'm like just just have it be her like it's honestly jarring because that in-between girl just doesn't feel like the same character that sounds weird if the friend is the same cast. yes that's, yes, what that's the part weird. that throws you that's yeah. the part that throws you is because like it says two years later and the same girl gets up and then Anya Taylor-Joy gets up and I'm like what <laughs> that seems odd yeah it's real bizarre um it, it like yes Anya Taylor Joy looks too old to be the age she's supposed to be I'm like I would have I would have allowed that to accept that the performance would feel consistent mm -hmm. um Jujutsu Kaisen watched another episode that's a really good anime I'm actually really super enjoying it uh I'm really glad that I'm watching it with people um WandaVision we watched it it's crazy guys if you're not watching WandaVision you should be watching WandaVision my friend John Radley uh friend of the podcast messaged me today to tell me that uh after the latest episode he tried to explain the importance of the ending of the episode to his wife and he said that it was like trying to explain it to a cat so <laughs> he's just really glad that our show is there for him to go and like get that kind of nerd connection out for um anon that's a good one <laughs> On the note of another anime, uh, Promise Neverland came back for its second season a few weeks ago. Megan mm -hmm. and I just started it together. Uh, we just watched the first episode of the second season. That show is tight. That show is awesome. That show had a fantastic ending to its first season. And I really love when anime goes, so here's the premise. And by the end of the first season, they go, now forget the premise. Mm -hmm. The show <laughs> has changed. And season two is like, the show has changed. I'm into that. And you know that from like minute one. It's like the show is totally different. And I'm like, all right, this is going to be wild. Um, yeah, kind of like a girl Lagan? Kind of. Um, in, in the sense that like, I don't think this is spoilery uh, to tell you that like the, the concept is when the show, like the concept of Promised Neverland is that they're all there, these kids who are being raised by this one woman and uh, it's all this, this perfect life and everything. But then a couple of them find out that actually they're being raised as like, they are food for this demonic species that lives outside the walls of their preserve. And so the whole season becomes about escaping. 
well, the second season, I'm just going to say they're not on the farm anymore. So things are wild. <laughs> but you go, you go through one, and it's only a 12-episode season. You go through one 12-episode season, and they're out. And they're doing other things now with the show, and it's wild. Uh, really enjoy it. Um, is it Peter Pan related? No, not at all. Uh, the, so the sense of the promise Neverland is that um, they find a part of the whole thing is when they're on the farm, they realize that there is a world beyond the wall that matters because they find a book from a person who has left codes for them to decipher that promises them there is a world out there. So that's mm, the promise Neverland. Got it. Um, uh, but it's really, really good. Yeah, it sounds like it would be about Peter Pan, but it's it's not. Um, I, I highly recommend it. The only problem I have with it and I have this problem in anime in general. Uh, beautiful 2D animation in Promised Neverland. Honestly, gorgeous. Um, and Megan got thrown by this because she hasn't seen this in anime before because they didn't do it in the first season. There are creatures that we see in the second season, and they are 3D CGI animated in comparison to the 2D, and it looks a little jarring. For creatures and vehicles, I find it mostly acceptable if it's done well mm -hmm. to do 3D CG animation with the 2D animation environments and characters or background characters, especially characters who are usually 2D but are turned into 3D for certain shots, no bueno. Uh, <laughs> usually do not like that. Um, Promise Neverland did do that with an environment shot and a creature shot. Creature shot was fine. Environment shot was no good. Um, this will come up again twice uh, later in the episode because we got two anime trailers to talk about where this is an issue. Um, so bear that in mind. But uh, Promise Neverland is still mostly beautiful 2D. Okay, the last thing I want to talk about, the last thing I want to talk about is, because I had a lot of school stuff, so I was doing school stuff, but I got ahead of some of my school stuff, and I had my Friday, and you know what, I, I, I came down and I'm like, you know what I've really been wanting to do, I've really been wanting to get back to one of the campaign games I've been playing, which is mainly that I'm, I'm in the middle, Avengers. in the middle of Last of Us Part 2 and Avengers, and I'm at a good point in Last of Us Part 2. Oh, you actually I, been playing it? Oh, well, yeah, I got, oh, to, I got, to, I got hmm. to Seattle. Okay. And so my whole thing is like, I know I'm at a good point in Last of Us Part Two where I can walk away from it for a, for a while. And when I go back, I won't feel like I missed a bunch because I feel like I played a whole section. Mm -hmm. And I can peacefully leave it alone for a while. And I don't really want to pick it up until I'm ready to like plow through another whole thing. So I decided to go to Avengers. And my thought process on Friday was, I'm just going to play a couple hours. I'm going to go find one of the Avengers. I'm going to do a couple missions. That's it. Uh, oh, I, I see. Where, I think I see where this is going. I played for like six hours. Yeah, that, it's good, right? Um, yeah. I am going to tell you, and I, I really do want us to talk about this game after you guys play it. I want to talk about the campaign um, because the, the game has its flaws, but the campaign is not one of them. Hell not yeah. even a little bit. Uh, I am not lying to you or bullshitting you, and I'm going to repeat it when we do that conversation. Black Widow's introduction story mission, the whole level is some of the greatest narrative video gaming I've played in a while. Black Widow's voiced by Laura Bailey, one of the members of Critical Role. Uh, Black Widow's mission is one of the most fun and engaging things I've played in that game. It was so good. It was challenging. Uh, there's a, it, it, every time I thought, oh, this is the last boss of the mission, I was wrong. <laughs> and there was another, and I'm like, I'm freaking Black Widow. I don't even have to <laughs> What are you doing? Yeah. And, and like, but she's, she's incredibly fun to play with. Uh, surprisingly, <laughs> like really? I'm like, wow, I, I guess I'll, I have to say, like, I think there are gameplay mechanic flaws. Uh, one of the things is that I think everybody moves weird. Mm -hmm. um, like, there's there's just running looks weird. Also, like, the, the terrain is so big and open, 
and if you're not like a flying character then it's just black widow ju- just giant hopping while iron man is flying and stuff like it's like it's movement is a problem in that game i think yeah. i i i don't know if i'd say it's a it, i think it depends on the mission and i don't know if i'm at the po- point where i'd say oh it's a problem with black widow because black widows was designed for her oh sorry that's like inside mission yes once you do all the outside missions though like i haven't done that with yeah, her yeah, so yeah. i won't say that yet. Go, um but but here's the thing uh it is very impressive how they have kept a consistent control scheme across these characters yet no one feels like I'm playing the same thing. Uh, it's the same basic functioning controls. Light attacks, heavy attacks, special attacks. But, but I don't, yeah. f- and, and the movement and stuff, but I don't feel like I'm playing the same character yeah. uh, at, at all. I don't feel like I'm playing the same controls. I feel like everything is landing different. This is very different from when I when we did the demo, yeah. um, the beta. Yeah. Uh, when I said, I don't feel like the hits for the different characters feel right, I, I do feel like the hits for the different characters do feel correct now. Um, and uh, there's a point in the story where things happen and you're just kind of sucked in and like you're like, I could quit, but I can't quit. It's so really, it's you really, got to just yeah. like roll through. Um, it's compelling. And it's, it's really good stuff. It's really good stuff. That Avengers game is pretty good, guys. And that and that story, I think, was good enough and the gameplay was good enough where after I beat that campaign, I still played the multiplayer stuff for a long time until I just exhausted the content. Uh, and now that you're far enough away from it, there is a lot more stuff. So, and there's an entire another character. So, so that you know what I did. I did all, all the way from when you first meet Tony Stark. Mm-hmm. I went from there all the way to uh, 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 stopping the leader's attack on the Chimera. Mm-hmm. And then uh, trying to reassess where he's got his secret lab. I love it. Wild. Fun game. Wild stuff. Uh, highly encouraged. I'm, glad, I'm glad you're liking it. Yeah. Uh, but that's me. That's my week. Uh, Avengers was a big part of it, um, apparently. Nice. But cool. I'm, I'm itching to get back to it. Makes me happy. Uh, okay. That's all? That's yep, it. That's, that's me. That's it. Okay. All right, so we're going to go into our bread and butter. Bread and butter. Look at that. I like that. It gives me gives me a minute to pick up my tablet. There you go. <laughs> <clears throat> okay. We've got some sad news, actually, up top. Um, a lot, again, like last week. Dustin Diamond passed away this week. He was most famous for playing Screech on Saved by the Bell. Uh, he died this week at the age of 44 due to stage 4 lung cancer. Right. Oh, that's awful. That's yeah. Horrible. That really sucks. I, I, like, he, you know, there's a, new, there's a Saved by the Bell reboot that everyone's come back to, and, like, he wasn't invited. Yeah, that's uh that's the only thing I'm really familiar with him, but like that's like that's like an iconic role, like yeah for, for teenagers and stuff. Yeah. He definitely struggled to find work after that, but uh yeah, Saved by the Bell was was formative for a lot of people. Yeah. Robert A. Altman, um, who is the Bethesda Softworks co founder. I oh yeah. Oh that that's yeah, yeah. It sucks. Uh, husband to Linda Carter. Yeah. Which I didn't, I didn't know. know that. Uh, passed away this week at the age of 73. Oh, bummer. Yeah. Yeah, it's a great company. I love that company. Thanks, man. Uh, Hal Holbrook, uh, who is a very famous actor, who I actually saw on stage once. Ooh. I saw his Mark Twain show. Yeah. No offense, boring as hell. Uh, uh, I think I saw that one too. Yeah. Yeah, it might have been the same th- same audience. It, it was. Uh, I don't think we. I think he did that like three nights, but it was at the. It was in Carmel, right? Oh, I thought it was at the Golden State. No, he did it at. I think he did it at Carmel. That might have been. They might have been different years. Yeah, maybe. Uh, but yeah, he did that. He did that Mark Twain show, the one man Mark Twain show, since he yeah. since the fifties. Yeah. Wow. Um, 
And anyway, he passed away this week at the age of 95. On, he actually passed away on January 23rd. They just told us mm. uh, now that he passed away. It's a long life. Long life, long career. I just I recently saw him in West Wing. He plays one of the one of the um, one of the secretaries of state. Right on. Um, he's very good in that. He's very good in everything I saw him in. Paulie Lou Livingston, uh, who people will will probably only know as the voice of Tree Trunks from Adventure Time. Oh. The little yellow elephant. Yeah. Oh. Uh, she passed away. Oh, this week you sweet babe. I'm so sorry. She's green. Oh, no. I'm so sorry. <laughs> Are you kidding me? No, I'm so sorry. Uh, <laughs> sorry, Brandon. What do you see? <laughs> Give me your eyes. <laughs> I would if I could. I'm so sorry. I just realized that all the Green Lantern Corps must look weird to you. <laughs> they look green? I hope that's it looks your green. Like your my green. <laughs> the world's like a brown lantern core. I know, like what color? I would love to know what color you guys see is green. I know. I wish there were a way to project that kind of thing. Uh, they have special glasses or something, right? They're they're kind of bogus. They're not. They're, oh, they don't but really do all it. those people who start crying, you telling me those are all fake? No, it's like it's it's kind of an artificial effect. It's not actually showing them correct colors and oh. it only works on certain like color spectrums but it's not actually correcting their gotcha. their vision gotcha i looked into it because i wanted to get brandon some for a gift but yeah. they they're not real gotcha well okay but anyway tree trunks passed away at the age of 91 uh that's yeah. apparently like her first thing uh had, yeah yeah she wasn't in in anything uh prior to adventure time uh, she was very old when she just decided to. Uh, like, I didn't. I, didn't I want to try acting. I didn't look too much into it and everything, um, but I, I do know that like Tree Trunks was really important to her. Her her official obituary says she's best known for playing that sexy little elephant Tree Trunks on oh, it. I'm like, oh my god, that's awesome. And they and they ask in her honor for donations to an elephant sanctuary, which I think is really sweet. Oh, that's awesome. Interesting. Uh, I hope there are apple pies in heaven for her. Do you remember when they killed her? Like three episodes into the show and then brought her back as like that yeah, i remember that ending it up, and then like she dies and they're just standing there like uh and then it goes and, to black, and, then it cuts, and then it cuts to tree trunks just like wandering the crystal afterlife laughing and you're like oh my god what tree trunks took care of the, the lich when he became a giant baby yes oh Sweet. Oh no, I remember that episode. She was about to talk to her husband and like ended a divorce. Like, oh, this changes everything. I was like, wait, did I read that right? I remember uh, watching that episode live. I was like, what? Yeah. Was the sweet pea. Sweet pea, yeah. Sweet who but in a thousand years in the, who in a thousand years in the future is over a thousand feet tall, wandering ooh. Yep. <laughs> also, like the same episode where I found out that because I always knew like the lich was like some creepy dude, voiced by Ron Perlman. Did not know that until that episode. Ron Perlman. Yep. All right, and then as I alluded to up top, uh, Christopher Plummer uh, mm -hmm. passed away this week at the age of 91 as well. That one hurt me. Yeah, that dude, man, uh, class act, great actor, literally like 60 years of acting, 50 years of acting like geez. Both both him and uh, and um, Polly Lou uh, lived long lives, which is really nice. Yeah. You know, 91's not not the worst age to, to clock out at. But and it's, still, it's still unfortunate to lose yeah. him, but like I... Especially Christopher Plummer leaves a illustrious career behind him. Making um, movies like like new movie, multiple movies still a year, like as a big yeah. star. I'm like, man, 
God, God bless that we got him in Knives Out before. Yeah. Oh yeah. Thank goodness. Yeah. Well, not not just like thank goodness he's in that uh, all the money in the world. Like he he did that in a week. Mm-hmm. Like that that and he was already like eighty five at that point. Now he's yeah, crazy. He was also the original Captain Von Trapp in Sound of Music, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Rips up that uh, Nazi flag. And, um, yeah, that's, that's insane to think about. Like that's one of his early things, and he's been acting since then yeah. for yeah. Years, decades. Love. It's, uh, it's, it's weird because when I saw the picture of Captain, because when I saw the picture of Captain Von Trapp or Christopher Plummer as Captain Von Trapp, and then him in Knives Out, I was like, "Wow, you put." I did not know because I. I would, when I was in high school, my senior year of high school, that was our uh, spring musical. So I had to watch uh, Sound of Music to try, you know, get a gauge for the character for my audition. And I thought, man, this guy is awesome. Like, not just the character, but the guy playing him, he is awesome. He and was so years good. later, it's, just, it's Christopher Plum- Plummer. And now I know, I have a better understanding of who Christopher Plummer is. It's like, man, I'm going to miss that guy. 66 years ago, a Sound of Music came out. Max says, and the man who would be king. Christopher Plummer is in The Man Who Would Be King? I'm gonna take his word on it. With Sean Connery and Malcolm and Mal- Ian, what's the guy's name? Butler from Batman Begins. Michael, Michael Keaton. Crank. Michael Never Crank. Think. Michael. <laughs> Michael Keaton is Alfred. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, he is. Wow, I didn't know that. That, that movie's God, I haven't seen that movie in a long time. Yeah, that movie rules. Right on. Uh, that's the movie where where Sean Connery supposedly dropped off a bridge for real. Yeah. I just saw a weird looking poster. Yeah. It's a great movie. I really like it. Man, yeah, Chris- watch list. <laughs> yeah, Christopher Plummer was, was you know, he, like I said, I watched my favorite movie. He's in the Star Trek: Then Discover Country. I think he's just a great performance in that. So, like that one, that one hit me a little hard, surprisingly. Yeah. All right. Now onto the other things. So we got some Marvel Cinematic Universe news. M- the Maku. The Maku. Um. Uh, we're, there's a trailer for Falcon Winter Soldier. We'll talk about that later, uh, down the down the episode. But apparently Don Cheadle is in it. Yeah, apparently he. Yeah. Man, we thought Tom Holland was the spoiler king. Nope. Don Cheadle is just like, yeah, I'm in. I'm in the Winter Soldier Falcon show. And you're like, he must wait. have gotten approval to let that slip. Yeah, or I, or he must have, or he's not in enough for it to really like. They we don't they don't need to keep it a secret because he's like he's a cameo or something. Sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. He talks about how, like, he also in the same interview, he talked about how Tony Stark's death influences Armor Wars, and that makes that absolutely makes sense. Armor Wars is about Tony's technology getting stolen and mass Iron Man recreations are around the world. I'm so I'm so happy that Don Cheadle's getting Armor Wars, that he's showing up still in the MCU, and I'm happy that he's happy about doing it. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah I don't think Terrence Howard ever would have. You um, always keep asking for more money. It would never man, stop with him. I still wonder. I'm still wonder if he's just like, what could have been? Baby? He'd be he'd be roading it in Infinity War and argue why am I not getting paid as much as Chris Evans? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Next um, time, baby. It's like, yeah, I'm he, sorry. Are you Captain America? No, War Machine. Are you Captain America? <laughs> sorry. Yeah, it's it, it. Yeah, I really like uh, Don Cheadle. You know what? I want him to slip though. It's great that he slipped that he's in the Winter Soldier Falcon show, as he said it. But yeah. I want him to slip that Justin Hammer is in Armor Wars. Man, it's... <sighs> I'm sure it's just not official yet. Yeah, yeah. that's like... It's happening. That's, that's it's like totally so... happening. It's so... gotta. It's gotta. Oh, I have a feeling that if the second Marvel calls Sam Rockwell, he's gonna be like, yes. 
Sam, Sam Rockwell did a short film. Of course, they'll say yes. Sam, mm -hmm. Sam Rockwell has been has been no uh, secret keeper in the fact that he wants to come back. Again, who wouldn't want to work with Marvel at this point? Like it's free fun money, baby. If you could bring back Cat Dennings, and you can bring back Justin Hammer. It's true. Um, all right. So apparently, on the because literally. Disney, because it's Black History Month, announced that they are going to do a Wakanda TV series. Um, a series set around the kingdom of Wakanda uh, being developed by Ryan Coogler. No, I didn't ask for Siri. Um, being developed by Ryan Coogler, which is part of his exclusive five-year TV deal. Ooh, yeah. hot dog. For, for him and his production company. Yes. So I want to highlight he has, a, he has a large production company that he's, he's put together with some friends uh, uh, meant to elevate black voices and that's I think awesome that's great cool so they're getting a, a deal with disney and so, that's awesome so black panther 2 is still happening yep. and i'm and, and so that can go that will go into the wakanda show um do you think they will they will kill t'challa off screen yes I really As, I, like how else do you do it unless 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 you because, recast him. because they have been clear that they are not recasting and not yeah. cgiing him yeah. yes he's killed off screen yeah because uh, but the question was are are we getting another T'Challa? I don't think that the route that's the route they're they're gonna well, go. Well, it's really not. The, we've we've talked about like what I would like them to do, which is not say that T'Challa is dead. Like ask, the, assume that he is missing and alive, and yeah. then it comes back and it's John David Washington. Yeah, or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you know, the, the uh, Sparks is probably right. They'll probably kill him. But this Wakanda TV show, um, it's interesting that Black Panther two and and this show are described as dealing with the same thing, which is the world of Wakanda, the kingdom yeah. of Wakanda. Again, it might be one of those things where like, you know, WandaVision leads into Doctor Strange. It could be the movie leads into the show's politics or whatever. I'm excited for all of this. Mm -hmm. um, I think it's great that they're getting this Wakanda show and everything, but I have to say, knowing that we're going to get even more expansion on the world of Wakanda, which is awesome, makes me sit here and go, I, I really wish you weren't just cutting the cord on T'Challa. I understand how hard it is to lose Chadwick Boseman. That's really, really sad. Yeah. Um, I understand that a lot of people close to the project have spoken out that they're like, there's no way you can you can replace him. And I'm like, I, I get that. But like, also, I think I think we could have. I, I mean, I think we can have that that baton be passed on and it be OK. Yeah, uh, it's, the, uh, it's the argument that, it, that that a lot of people who advocate for that say is like, if we can have six Batman and three Spider-Man in 10 years, like, right. We can have another we can have another Black Panther. And again, that character yeah. means so much to so many people like it. You should he, he should live on. Yeah. Like it should, it shouldn't like, of course, like Chadwick Boseman is great as Black Panther, but like I, more people I have can not, play a superhero. I have not seen a lot, a lot of black voices that aren't connected to the project or connected to Chadwick Boseman in some way who haven't said, I still think we could have another T'Challa, but there are plenty of strong black actors who can step into the role and do it with tribute and honor. Mm -hmm. um, all right. Well, Blade... Got a writer. Yeah, it did. Oh my god, yeah, it did. Stacy Ose Kufor, I apologize. Um, who was a was a staff writer on Watchmen and direct uh wrote one episode of Watchmen. Uh but she's gonna write the movie Blade. Uh I'm so happy to see a black voice writing blade, mm -hmm. a black lady voice writing blade. I'm stoked. Yeah. Um, this is also like good confirmation of like how quickly, how like, cause they announced Blade and are like, okay, is that in, like in like five years? Like that seems very far away. If they're writing it, that's relatively soon. Yeah. Like mm -hmm. that means they're going to start working on it in the next, like in a year or so, like or so. So like mm -hmm. that's, it's happening, baby. Amazing. Uh, also, I have never 
been more optimistic about the future of the MCU than I have been over these past few weeks as we've heard more and more people who are getting involved. Yeah. Uh, this is like the diverse, let's get, let's get different. Let's get weird. Let's not be of the same mm-hmm. pattern that we've been, uh, that I want them to go, which yeah. is great. Yeah. Uh, I agree. All right. Comic book shows. Uh, the CW has renewed their uh, line, a lot of their shows, such as Batwoman for se- for third season, Legend of Tomorrow for seventh season, and The Flash for an eighth season. How many did Arrow go for? Eight. Okay. This isn't too surprising when you think about the fact that everything, all the shows you just named, are coming back for hyper shortened seasons this year. Pandemic. Um, so that's not super shocking uh that they're they're getting the renewals i don't think that they wanted to end flash on an abbreviation mm-hmm. uh if they were to end it because i do feel like that's coming but um but i i wouldn't want to end it in like a, a half down year yeah e, granted they could have gotten the supergirl treatment supergirl is ending this this year but it's ending with a full full beefed up season um which i think means that they're car- they're either carrying over through the summer or they're going to take the summer break and come back in the fall and they're still going to finish it out um which will be a little interesting and weird but cool i'm happy even though i haven't watched it because i know you like it so much i'm just glad legends is still getting like another season like i'm glad they they, they're allowing that show to be weird still Mm -hmm. yeah me too that's nice um they also didn't renew superman and lois but they did announce that they've ordered the back nine uh which is which will round out the season and whatever the length is at this point yeah so like they did 13 and now they're giving it the extra nine to make it a full season yeah yeah they, they do that all the time. That's just common mm-hmm. network practice. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's CW's versus in a fine place, uh, except for canceling two of its best shows. Don't you remember? The, don't you think the... Don't you mean the Arrowverse? Yeah, I guess. All right. Uh, Peacemaker cast Nut Lee. Yeah, Nut Lee, I hope, as Judo Master, who is an old... Charleston character that DC inherited uh, when Charleston went under. Oh my god! So it's it's a, so it's going to be a James Gunn kung fu man. He's probably going to get murdered. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so uh, man, like, that Peacemaker show is such a again like uh, I've been using the word wild card a lot. Like that show, like I have no idea what that show is going to be because we haven't seen the movie that it's based off of yet. We just know mm-hmm. it's Peacemaker, a guy who's Captain America, but will do anything for justice, which means he kills people for justice. Um, that's going to be wild. I can't believe it. John Cena rules. That guy is. He's like risen up and like people are like, yeah, I want to see the dude in a movie. Like, like the rock was when he was coming up. Uh, yeah. Very cool. Uh, yeah. I'm really excited for, for the Peacemaker series. I probably more so than the suicide squad, even though I am excited. Cause mm-hmm. like, what is that Peacemaker series? I know suicide squad is going to be like a James Gunn suicide squad. I that think. is, that is like the equivalent of like their first Disney plus big show. Right. Yeah. Like them doing, yes. them doing like their own TV DC universe thing. So like, yeah, I can see why. Oh yeah. It is exciting. Yeah. Um, all right. And sadly, for Sparks specifically, Winona Earp was canceled at Sci-Fi after season four. Rip. Yeah, so this was a bummer because they were they were greenlit for their fifth season. Oh, yeah. and then the pandemic happened, and I guess they decided, nope. Um, so that sucks. Uh, we yeah. still haven't seen we still haven't seen how Winona Earp ends. Um, there, yeah, the, the, there are six episodes that will uh, that haven't aired because of the pandemic, and they will air. The final yeah. six episodes on March 5th. Yeah. Uh, that show's real good. Honestly, uh, I'm glad that show didn't get canceled after season two. Not because I thought season two was a problem or anything. I was just impressed that it kept getting renewed at sci-fi because 
they canceled Krypton, so I expected that you know anything good might might go. Mm-hmm. Uh, I didn't expect Winona Earp to have the numbers, but I guess it did. Um, I recommend that show, guys. That show's dope. Based on an IDW comic. Yes, it is. All right. Going into the realm of comic books in general, Wonder Girl. Wonder Girl! Uh, probably the, the, the one of, if not the best, of the Future State stories. Uh, with Yara Floor. Um, she is getting a new ongoing. We thought miniseries at first, but this is in fact an ongoing. Oh, that's good. Uh, from Joelle Jones, who wrote the Future State series. Is she also drawing it again? Yeah, she's writer-artist. Oh my god, she's so talented, you guys. Oh my god, she did stuff with Catwoman and on Batman. Like, she's a superstar. This is so great. Yara Floor is so fun. She's so spunky. She asks people to shoot her because she loves the challenge. Uh, big fan. Very excited. Yeah, yeah this is great. Um, I'm going to read a little bit of the of this list. Of the whole thing. Um, sure. It says, Raised in the far-off land of Boise, Idaho, uh, Yara has always felt something has been missing from her life, and now she is headed to Brazil to find it. Little does she know, uh, her arrival will set off a series of events that will change the world of Wonder Woman forever. Sounds cool. Yeah. Yeah, I like that. I like that series a lot. All right. Uh, also, it's nice that a future state, a post-future state book isn't Batman. Yeah. Absolutely. Because, like, holy hell. Yeah. Um. All right, uh, so DC Universe is gone, and DC Universe Infinite lives. Uh, that's they now have the Marvel Unlimited style comics app, uh, and they will also have original. Uh, we've talked about it before. They'll have original um, comics on there that will just be for the DC Universe Infinite app. The first one has launched, and it's called Let Them Live, which is a new uh, digital uh, digital series uh, that will feature. Uh, never before seen comic book tales with a meta narrative connecting them. So basically, what these are is that Ambush Bug is the janitor at DC Comics, and he finds things that were never printed before. That's awesome. And he and he shows the audience, and so that's the comic you're reading is a comic that's been written five, ten, fifteen years ago that was just never printed. That's, that's pretty a pretty. Better. That's a cool idea. That like that like you. That's kind of like a side source. You don't necessarily need to make a print of it like that seems like a really cool digital thing to do uh i think that's cool that's That's really cool i was really impressed um do we still have that are we cancel are you canceling that we don't have that we don't have that um it's only three issues so far i've been playing but there will probably be more um a lot of a lot of people who wrote who wrote like one shots and stories for dc are like hey i got something that you never printed you want to put that there i'm into it yeah, me too. Do they know if they're going to print those, kind of like they do the original stuff, like the, uh, I mean, the digital stuff? They haven't said. Okay. Hmm. Um, the first story is a Suicide Squad story, so the one that's out right now is a Suicide Squad story uh, by Jim Zub, Trad Moore, Felipe <laughs> Sobrero, and Nate uh, Piecos. You said Trad Moore did it, Diane. Yeah. Oh, that's a team. Jim Zub's a good guy. That's cool. Uh, the next one will be a Nightwing story written by Colin Kelly, Jackson Lansing, Jorge uh, Corona, Matt Lopez, and Carlos M. Mangual. And then the third one is a Batman story by Scott Brian Wilson, John Paul Levin, Dave Stewart, and Darren Bennett. Love it. That sounds, that right. sounds, that sounds cool. All right. Trad Moore is a name I've not heard in a long time. I know, right? It's like, uh, I feel like... Where did he go? It's he's still Justin, doing stuff. We're just not reading the books he's on. Okay. Uh, Justin Jordan is the one where I'm just like, man, that guy's future was so bright. He's, yeah, I, he's also, he does a lot of independent stuff, but yeah, he 
that 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 height of his was is gone, unfortunately. No, yeah. I remember when Hugo, uh, not Hugo, no, Hugo Strange. Um, you got it. Oh, you got it. it. Luther Strode. Luther Strode. What? Thank yeah. you. That's so. Yeah, because uh, Justin Jordan wrote it. Tradmore drew it, and I was like, man, those two were like, like at the height. Because then um, after Luther Strode, Justin uh, Jordan got Superboy. Yeah, he wrote Superboy, New Fifty Two Superboy, and then um, Trad Moore got a new Ghostwriter. Yeah, I mean, Remember he did Silver Surfer with um, Don Cates a little bit ago, right? Well, that was that was later. Like all new Ghostwriter was his like first Marvel thing. Treadmore. Oh yeah, that's like that's like twenty. Four, I don't remember. Yeah, it's still like twenty fourteen, twenty fifteen. Yeah, it was just before Civil like War. I feel like after, especially for Superboy, kind of Justin Jordan kind of fizzled out, and then I heard his name once or twice. I'm like, oh yeah, him. I and still then, see him in the previews. He does independent stuff, but I don't, I don't, I don't think he was able to kind of ride that high to full time job comic book writer. You know. Yeah. Also, wasn't New Fifty Two Super Super ugh. Superboy Redcon? Like hell, yes. That was that was my other question. I was like, wasn't it not the best? So he he worked on Amazing Spider Man eight fifty. Uh, and Batman Black and White most recently. So he's doing stuff. Justin Jordan. Right. Yeah, or no, uh, uh, Tradmore. Tradmore. Batman Black and White had a had a Gotham Academy character show up, and I almost picked it up because I love that series. That I've seen some art from that. It looks real good. I might, I might try that. That's going to be my – Gotham Academy is going to be my um, – oh, you mean Batman Black and White? Never mind. Yeah, sorry, Batman Black and White, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm going to try that one too. All right, Mr. Miracle is getting another six-issue miniseries. Ooh. Uh, this is not Scott Free. This is, in fact, the third Mister Miracle. I love in in in, in, in our incarnations or whatever. Yeah, I love it because uh, Mister Miracle Scott Free is the second Mister Miracle, and uh, the guy who trained Batman was was the first Mister Miracle. Um, right. So, Mister Miracle: The Source of Freedom, written by Brandon Easton, with art by Fico Osio. Uh, they're the team doing the backup stories in Superman: Man of Tomorrow for Future State. Mm-hmm. The John Kent one. Um, yeah, I just said that. So it's going to be Shiloh Norman. That's his character. That's the third character. He was apparently the apprentice of the first Mr. Miracle. Huh. Um, it will see Norman attempting to become the super escape artist of tomorrow. In the process, he encounters a new rival who wants to claim the Mr. Miracle mantle for himself. Hmm. I'll give it, I'll give it number one a, a try. Yeah. There's only six issues. Yeah. Future State is not done, though. Because DC has announced that a new series coming coming post Future State will be called Future State Gotham. It's going to just be an anthology, essentially, of just the Gotham of the Future State timeline. So uh, another Batman book you're telling me. Oh, another Batman book. Look at that. Oh, oh my God. Uh, The first six issues are going to be about Red Hood, and they're written by Joshua Williamson uh, and Dennis Culver with art by uh, Giannis Milanogiannis. Cool. Sorry. Um, man, uh, it's really such a shame because Red Hood issues 51 and 52 uh, were just a two-issue arc by a new creative team as just like a stopgap before this new stuff happened. Mm-hmm. And I think that new direction was insanely cool and it was by a new dope creative team. And I really, really wish they were doing it the direction, but I guess just give it to Joshua Williams and it's fine. Yeah, and doing it, going back to Future State, arguably the Gotham of Future State is the most boring. Yeah, I don't like... Oh like no, that. Gotham got taken over by another paramilitary force. Yeah, like I've seen that a hundred times. Like, yeah. it's, it's cool. Uh, that hasn't happened before. Yeah. Uh, I'm not going to read it. I'm not going to read the solicitation, but basically what he, Red Hood is hunting down the Bat family. Ooh. Is it still Jason Todd? Yeah. Okay. So he's going to go after Tim Fox and Stephanie Brown and whatnot. 
Why? Why would you do that? You're a good guy. Chain smoking Stephanie Brown. Hell yeah. Um, Speaking of things that we're probably not so excited about, Heroes Reborn was announced to have a bunch of tie-ins. Yeah. Here's the thing. No, read first. Okay. Uh, (laughs) The first series is from Jim Zub with art by Stephen Cummings. It's one shot. They're all one shots. Just going to say that. Uh, Which is Heroes Reborn Young Squadron. This is basically the Young Avengers, but it's um, the Squadron Supreme. So Sam Alexander is playing, is going to be, um, he's Nomen Nova. It's going to be Kid Spectrum. Kamala Khan is Girl Power, and Miles Morales is the all new Falcon. Oh, yeah. I saw the cover for that. Yeah, yeah. Um, Yeah. So it's basically just a bunch. This is, this is kind of like, kind of like Future State in a weird way it's a bunch of like what if like new scenarios with all these characters mm-hmm. um and and i i don't i'm glad they're all one shots and i'm glad this isn't a giant line wide takeover thing uh i am more interested in some of these that they're just one shot small elseworld stories because i love those i like those kind of things yeah. right uh like i like jim's up a lot and like i i like the young avengers and i love the squadron supreme so like i might pick it up but like i hate that it's like uh it, I mean, I, I think I just don't like because it's Heroes Reborn, honestly. I think that's just what it is. I hate the title. I hate that that's it makes me think of the past of that. Like, Well, and uh, also, it's also by a creative team who has been disappointing you lady, lately. Uh, Jim's up? No, no, no the no, Heroes Reborn. Oh, oh, Heroes Reborn. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah. Jason Aaron and, and Ed McGuinness. Yes, yes, yes. Like, as the overall, like, showrunners. Yes, yes, yeah. yes. Um, right. Heroes Reborn, Peter Parker, The Amazing Shutterbug. Jimmy Olsen. Uh, which is, yeah. Uh, writ- written by Mark Bernardin with art by Raphael de uh, Latour. Again, another one shot. It's Peter Parker. He's not. He he's he's a Hyperion's best friend, and he doesn't have powers. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. Hyperion is like Superman in, in our world, mm-hmm. like which is what he always was, but like an offshoot. But now he actually gets to be the center center stage. Which again, as a big Squadron guy, this is what that's what excites me. Excites me like the Squadron getting getting risen up a little bit more. So like right. I'm, I'm 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 mixed on it. Sure. Um, Heroes Reborn, Siege Society. I like this, this one. Was, this was the first one that caught my eye. This is good. Uh, written by Cody Ziegler with art by uh, Paco Medina. Um, I'm going to read the solicitation. It will, will take place after the squadron splits in half with Nighthawk, uh, Nighthawk leading his new squadron in Europe. However, Baron Zemo forms a team consisting of Black Widow, Sabretooth, Hawkeye, and Scott Lang Ant-Man to take down Nighthawk. Yeah, I'm into that. It's um, like I think it's it's just a rad team and they all have like new outfits and like all like villainous new outfits. And I'm like, this seems like a, this is a cool Elseworld one shot. I'll read. Absolutely. What, if, yeah. what ifs are cool. What ifs are cool. And you know, it's, it's, it's the, it's kind of an interesting concept where it's like, if the Avengers don't exist, Black Widow and Hawkeye don't become good guys. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, which I thought was interesting. And Scott. Scott. And Scott. Yeah. Uh, Heroes Reborn. Superman and the Legion of Superheroes. I'm sorry. Hyperion and the Imperial Guard. Yep. <laughs> um, it is about so it's Ryan Katie with art by Michelle uh, Bandini. This is a teenage Hyperion is going off with the Imperial Guard to save the day. Uh, it's like a bunch of Shi'ar people. Like if you if you if you're at Empire, you'd recognize some of these people. Sure. Um, like Gladiator from the X Men and stuff. Um, mm-hmm. uh, th- 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 a lot of people were saying this is Marvel trying to make DC books like a DC feel book. And like this book definitely feels like it. That Spider-Man book feels like it. Um, I wouldn't necessarily agree, but I, but it is weird that like, it kind of feels like that. It does like, kind of remind me of 
uh, New Age of Heroes, which just came after, which came out right after Metal, and we had like Damage and Sideways yeah, yeah. and the yeah. Terrific Force, whatever the hell they were called. The Terrifics, yeah. The Terrifics. Um, and it, they're one to one. You can make the you can make the comparison. These are Marvel. Yeah, it, do, it it does feel like that, especially man that Spider Man one. It's like it feels very, which again that's cool. Like he he does take pictures. That's who that character is. Um, yeah, I'm not so hot on this one, even though I do love Hyperion. I don't think it's. I think it's weird that they're making him a teenager. That's kind of weird. Because <laughs> I think the big thing is like, DC exists. I don't need DC content in my Marvel content. Yeah, I guess I they, and vice versa. Like that's just yeah. not. Yeah, like you got to do something really cool and fun because like, not only does, you know, DC do plenty of Superman stories, they do plenty of like their own. What if Superman stories? And I'm like, I don't, I don't need a Marvel. What if Superman? Yeah. Marvel. We're literally reading them right now in future state. Yeah. 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 Story. So it gets a little funky in that kind of, yeah, that kind of area for sure. This is the one that I'm going to get. Here is reborn Magneto and the mutant force. Oh baby. Yeah. Uh, Written by Steve Orlando with art by Bernard Chang. Hell yeah. Mm. Oh, Bernard Chang. I didn't know he was doing the art. That's a great team. Yeah, right? I love Bernard Chang. Uh, I'm going to read the solicitation for this one. Years ago, Magneto and Professor X led Earth's mutants in a final push for independence against the Squadron Supreme of America. What followed was the Squadron's mutant massacre, a violent rebuttal that left mutant kind forever wounded and Xavier dead. Or so Magneto thought. Years later, Magneto discovers Xavier clinging to life in the astral plane and gathers his allies for a first-of-its-kind rescue mission. Too bad the same mission puts the mutant force back on the squadron's radar. Failure means the last gasp of mutant kind, but success means the first breath of something even more elusive to the mutants of Heroes Reborn. Hope. Yeah, man. Agneto and his, and his M-Force. I love it. Yeah, I'm kind of into this. I'm into that one, yeah. Yeah, that sounds that sounds awesome. Yeah, uh, I like Steve Orlando a lot. Uh, I'm really into X Men because of uh, Dawn of X, Reign of X. Uh, so yeah, and Steve Orlando is like he's like he's not he's writing that Man Thing book. Like he's getting a bunch more Marvel titles, so like he's getting an X book eventually. Well, DC didn't know what to do with him, so it might no, as well. no, they didn't. Very disappointing. He didn't continue his Wonder Woman run. Yeah. Okay. This is probably one of the coolest things I will I will read on today. Fantastic Four is getting the life story treatment. Mm. If you guys remember, if you guys remember Spider Man Life Story, which was a book club, is what if Spider Man aged re- in real time, starting from the sixties <laughs> onward. I said it, and, and I'll say it again. I think that's the best Spider Man story of the last decade. That is. Uh, who wrote that? Chip Zdarsky or Zdarsky? Yeah. yeah. Important. Yes, written by Chip Zdarsky. Fantastic Four life story will be written by Mark Russell. He's great. Too. Which is he's fantastic. Uh, written with art by Sean Isaxi. Uh, I've seen it. some of the art pages. It's gorgeous. Yeah. Um. I'm. I like. I. I like Spider Man. I like the Fantastic Four more. So like, I'm hella excited to see this. And this is about like man, like a, like a family growing up together. So like, I cannot yeah. wait to see the turmoil and how and Reed's egotistic like nature getting in the way and like what that actually does to a family that actually evolves over the decades instead of just you know like the the, the five ten year timeline that's always moving. Uh, it's so interesting that like reed richards is a prominent character in in spider-man life story yeah like how the difference seeing these two those two parallel worlds can be so interesting yeah um and mark russell's great like like he he did a lot he's done a lot of dc stuff but he's moving over to marvel now um but he did like flintstones and like the snagglepuss chronicles and like those are like really loved lauded books so like um the the flintstones future book club 
Yeah, dude, that book's so good. Um, uh, yeah, I'm really excited for this. Like, I I didn't know if they were gonna do any more of these types of life story books, and I'm so glad they are because they're they're really compelling and they they bring such an interesting wrinkle to it, uh, comic book characters actually evolving. Uh, mm. It's my favorite thing: characters evolving in time and stuff like that. Yeah, Ben, you want to say something? Yeah. Uh, so two book clubs that we've had recently: Superman, Secret Identity, and Spider Man Life Story. Oh, yeah. Both had to deal with their heroes aging in time and moving forward in time. And both of those books, I loved, I love reading them. Cause that's, I mean, frankly, that's the thing with our comic book, with our comic books and or mainstream comic books is that heroes don't necessarily age. They kind of seem stuck in one age, unless a big a giant force comes up or we get something like old man Logan, which is on RIP, timeline. RIP John Kent. Yeah. So <laughs> just give it a couple of years. <laughs> yeah. So to see stuff like this for um, for Fantastic Four, I'm probably just I'm probably gonna get it straight up. I'm not gonna trade away. I'll probably get it as it's get coming out because I'm really uh, I'm actually really stoked to see. It. I'm Parmi's a little bit bummed that's not being written by Chip Zdarsky because I think I really fell hard in love with the Fantastic Four after reading Fantastic Four plus X Men. Mm-hmm. I, I, I feel like I feel like it's a good thing that it's not written by Chip Zdarsky because I like the idea that other people you know how there's like black white black white yellow blue the the uh, that's just tim sale oh, and yeah, yeah. Jeff um, tim sales um super, uh, not superman Captain yeah. America, white daredevil yellow spider-man blue stuff like that yeah yeah so i'm glad that they're not going that route which chip sadarsky is writing all the life stories for all these characters it is like mark russell is doing this one and then another writer could do another one yeah i i agree like i think that is nice that they're they're branching it out but i get what ben's point is which is that he just got attached to chip sadarsky's writing of the fantastic four specifically yeah yeah, yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm sure Mark Russell is an amazing writer, and he's going to do this book so much justice. I'm looking forward to it, but I, because I'm just so brand new into this brand, this side of Marvel comics that aren't the Avengers, that's like X Men, and now the Fantastic Four. Now, because now I go to the comic store when I see that big wall of graphic novels they have, I'm not just skipping over the Fantastic Four. I'm actually like, hmm, I should probably ask Ryan about one of these. Someday. No, man. This one day we'll do that volume one of 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 his ff run and we're like oh now i'm a fan oopsie poopsie mm-hmm. hey, hey at least fantastic four life story isn't getting slotted on so true 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 very true, true. Very true. all right all right and finally image comics has announced made in korea which is a oh. new uh comic book coming from jeremy holt with art by george shawl this will come out at may 26th uh, in Made in Korea, readers will follow Jesse, the world's first true AI system, on an exciting exploration of what it means to be a family in an age when biological parenthood is no longer a reality. This book is like made for me. Yeah, that sounds cool. Yeah, um, the preview images look really good. Um, the art's like really sick. Um, this is gonna be some like really like like uh, uh, in like not in depth, but like, in depth like just like like class warfare like stuff dealing with like politics and like in a sci-fi way it's like my favorite stuff um and this is like made from like like from like a real passion behind the uh, the writer so i'm like very very excited me too all right speaking of excited ben i'm sure you were excited to hear about sonic prime <laughs> what is it? See that hesitation. What is it? <laughs> okay. All right. All right. Sonic Prime, real quickly, yeah, yeah. Ben. You do the story, I'll chime in. Sonic Prime is uh what we heard about a couple months ago when Netflix accidentally leaked a Sonic animated series. This is it. This is the Netflix Sonic animated series. Um coming from uh, uh Sega Wild Brain Studios with Man of Action serving as 
showrunners and executive producers. Um, it will be a 24 episode series. Wow. We'll follow Sonic on a high octane adventure where the fate of a strange new multiverse rests in his gloved hands. Multiverse. multiverse. Hey, Ben, you want to know another thing? What's another thing? So the people behind Sonic uh, Prime were out on Twitter saying that uh, they wanted to be very specific that, yes, this is in fact the canon with the comics that are being run right now and with the oh. Sonic Team games. So all that's one one canon. So nothing fun and funky is going to happen. Oh, no. But why not? Because uh, because <laughs> by specifying they are Sonic Team canon, everything cool that Sonic comics were doing before that won't come in. So yeah. they're, they're continuing to be specific. Yes, Ryan's <laughs> right. It's legends. They're continuing to be specific that you're never going to see Sally Acorn, so don't get excited. Oh, why? Because she's old comics stuff. That's, and that's she's Archie. Yo, she, man, Force Awakens that shit. Bring her back. Well, now she's the Mara Jade. She's the Mara Jade. She actually is the Mara Jade. Funny. Oh my god. Uh, okay, so now I'm, I'm a little bit bummed about Sonic Prime because that was because the one thing that I did love about Sonic the Hedgehog being the comics, the TV show, and the games was that yes, they involved a certain cast of characters, but each one was different in their own right. The only one that actually did swap over that was somewhat a one-to-one translation was the old Sonic Saturday AM cartoon, which had Jaleel White with this, like Sally, Bunny, and all the other uh, Freedom Fighters from the comic books. Yeah. That was the only time that that was kind of like a one-to-one translation, very, even though still loose, it wasn't like actual adaptations. But the games, while the games were doing their own thing, the Archie comics kind of had free reign. And then when the, and then with the IDW books were coming out, I was still like, okay, yeah, they're Archie and IDW. They have to do different. I still like the new characters they introduced in the IDW books, but now that's like, hey, here's a set can. I'm like, that kind of takes away the fun of it. Yeah. Because like, yeah, you got the Sonic games, which are super, which are super loose in their own damn continuity. And then you got the Sonic comic books. It's like, hey, let's have some fun adventures and get and crazy, crazy hijinks. Let's go. Can, can I bounce off real quick, Ben? Like, I think one of the th- reasons I don't like this, this, this statement on canon between sonic prime the comics and the the games being made right now is the reason i'm not for that why i've never really cared about sonic canon between them is that it's not like the next game is going to specifically relate or bring in anything from the events of the comics they're not going to start doing that they've never done that um and so there's not it, it you know like they'll vaguely like reference each other but they're not they're not building any kind of like character beats or things that will carry over from one thing to the next mm-hmm. so i'm like why didn't just why like i'm fine with the comics just being the comics and like i don't need to try and mentally place it with the games i never did before and i don't like that that's the direction they're trying to go now with the show with the comics with the games yeah i don't need it i don't need that from my sonic the hedgehog i don't need perfect continuity that's synergy. never been what it's about no, synergy. i feel like the, the only time when the games tried to bring in continuity mm-hmm. was i want to say it was sonic generations but that was because that was like an anniversary game yeah because and that, look at sonic's entire history yeah. and pull levels from that and you play those levels again that was right. great continuity I mean, be damned yeah and even then i would argue that's like a deadpool sense of continuity yeah but I mean, I'm happy we're getting a new show. That's awesome. But at the same time, it's like you really don't have to fight to be like, oh, we, I, we don't have to make everything straight, dead straight canon. We don't. That's I like fun. how, I, yeah, no, yeah. I liked how it's like you have the show that was different from some of the games and the comics were their own thing. Yeah, it, yeah. Had, 
I mean, if characters came back, went back and forth, that's great. But still, it was still fun. It wasn't confusing because we don't need continuity stuff like that. Yeah, uh, I will wait to see animation because the animation looks like crap. I I don't care. Please be two D. Please be two D. Please be two D. Two thousand and twenty-two. We will find out. Seriously, they have these amazing. Okay, there's these really short. Uh, there's these shorts on YouTube from Sonic Mania. They are really awesome. They're beautifully hand drawn. Tyson Hesse, the guy who helped uh, redesign Sonic for the movie, he helped. He was the lead animator on that, and he was also an art artist and still is an artist, as far as I'm as far as I know, on the Sonic on some of the Sonic books. He helped draw those animation shorts for Sonic Mania, completely 2D, voiceless, and they are awesome. All right. Something like that, not any CGI stuff. Okay, I'm done. Rant over. Who's the director of Bird's Prey? Uh, Catherine Han. Go Catherine. Catherine. It's something Han. Why don't you have this written down? Yeah, you're the host man. Was it Chloe Zhao? No, that's, that's, I don't know. Yes, I don't know. Kathy Yen. See how something, I was close. What's Chloe Zhao done? She's Eternals, isn't she? She's Eternals. Yeah. She, Kathy Yan or Kathy Yan, I'm not sure what, what the yeah. pronunciation is. All right. Chloe Zhao ha, has signed on to write, produce, and direct an adaptation of Dracula for Universal Pictures. Ken, Chloe Zhao has. Chloe Zhao has, yes. Okay, cool. The director of Eternals. Yes, the director okay, of Eternals. Okay. Uh, the, cool. I you, just, you just opened this up weird. Dracula's cool. I, I, thought it was the, I, I got them confused. I, I apologize. It's cool. Uh, Dracula's cool. That first, that Invisible Man movie's dope. Just make more movies like that. Don't make them $150 million Avengers movies. Well, the interesting thing is, this is the second Dracula project at Universal, because Blumhouse is doing one with not Lee Winnell, but someone else. Oh. So there's two Dracula projects coming from Universal right now. Mm, Uh, That's too spicy. That sounds really cool. Um, So I'm happy that to have a lady do Dracula sounds great. Um, Kathy Kathy Yon, by the way, uh, she's just got a she's writing and directing a sci-fi love story called The Freshening. Uh, it's based off a a short story um, that was just announced today. So since you brought her up, I thought I'd mention it. Uh, but but Chloe Zhao uh, yeah. described the the new Dracula series, new Dracula movie, uh, as a original futuristic sci-fi western. Okay. Yo, that's saying a bunch of words and I love it. <laughs> uh so we'll see. I maybe I maybe one of these Dracula films won't reach the finish line, but we'll see. Maybe. HBO Max is getting into the podcast game with Batman. Oh. Um HBO Max is going to be launching a comedic Batman podcast sometime this year. Uh Dennis McNicholas who is a writer on SNL, uh, will write and direct the series. And Jeffrey Wright, Commissioner Gordon in The Batman, The Watcher and What If, uh, has, been, has been signed on to play Batman. Oh. <laughs> okay, weird. Yeah, um, it is weird. I mean, he's got a, he does have a really good booming voice, though. No, um, totally. After Harley Quinn, I'm not going to say no to this. Um, it's, just not, it's just initially, a Batman comedy is not what I initially want. But again, like I... Harley Quinn's like one of the best things they've ever made. So like, if it's like that, the weird thing here is that this is an audio podcast that can only be streamed on HBO Max. It's a sub. It's sub proc, but bad news. Um, it's really strange that it's an HBO Max podcast to me. It's not wonder if it's gonna have like 
like like minor animation behind it like so it i wonder because like it's on hbo right so like yeah. it won't just be a blank screen like a podcast <laughs> no, you're just putting out a, bl- a black screen yeah like i wonder if it's gonna be like no it'll be like our other youtube videos where we're not recording live and it's just a picture yeah i mean that just seems That's like weird. lazy on their part but maybe maybe there'll be like some production value of some yeah. kind I yeah. was, the, I, go ahead i was thinking maybe they can throw up like concept art or something concept art for a podcast what would that look like or it's like an, it's a comic book and there have comic book panels on the screen okay that could work that'd actually that'd be pretty work. cool if they try to make like like if they try to audio drama I mean, comic stuff okay so back in my old house there would be times i would throw on youtube on my ps4 to put music on them i'm like cleaning the clean the clean the house or doing chores so maybe they thought hey if you're doing stuff around the house you could throw on a pod audio podcast to help and you're because uh, you're not watching the tv you're going you're going around doing stuff because people do do they use their smart tvs to throw on uh, like youtube and other things to just to listen to it you know they're not watching the video they, yeah. they just listen to it. yeah us that's so. that is true but also like if it's a podcast why wouldn't you just release it on every single podcast platform like every other podcast on that the is, planet yeah. Yeah. So that's why i'm saying i think they're doing something different if it's gonna be on hbo max yeah. To have, like this seems unless they're just being super lazy. I don't know. These are the same people who are like, you'll be able to stream all the Harry Potter movies, and then didn't have them two months after they launched. The I streaming don't, that service, seems different so. than the department working on this piece of art that I'm talking. About. Fun fact: a few days ago, I saw an ad for Peacock saying, "Guess what? All Harry Potter films are coming to Peacock again." I'm like, "What do you mean again?" Wait a minute. Wait a minute. I, I, I'm sorry. I just I know you said that those those are two different things, but yeah. it's really not. The, the artist can be making the thing, yeah. but it's not up to them where it goes. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, that's true. <laughs> it's the, it is the streaming service that goes, no, it's a podcast only on our streaming well, service. Well, that's what I mean. Like, it seems, I, I don't think, I just don't think it's going to be a podcast that's going to have a blank screen. Like, that just doesn't seem like something you put money into. It just it's seems like, what's the point? It could just be like the title card or something. Anyway. Yeah. So the rest of the cla- the rest of the cast includes Rosario Dawson, Seth Meyers, Jason Sudeikis, Alan Tudyk, Chris Parnell, Melissa wow. Villasenor, Via Via Senor. These are all SNL people. Uh, Keenan Thompson, Heidi Gardner, Ooh. Brooke Shields, Tim Meadows, Fred Armisen, Brent Spiner. Yeah, literally wow. half of that is SNL. <laughs> Just yeah. uh, doing another Harley Quinn. John Leguizamo, Ike uh, Barinholtz. Barinholtz, yeah. Bobby Monahan, Monahan, mm-hmm. Paul Shear, Ray Weiss, Ben Rogers, Katie Rich, Pete Schultz, Paul Pell, Toby Huss, and McNicholas will also be on the show as a voice. Uh, all undisclosed. We don't know who they're playing. This sounds exactly like that Harley Quinn thing when yeah. the, all those characters got announced. Like, yeah, these are all going to be playing Batman characters or the side villains. Like, those are all these are literally all people who work on SNL or have been on SNL. So it's you like. You think Alan Tudyk is gonna be like Clayface again in this new show, or, or Doctor, or like half the characters that he plays in that show? Yeah, maybe. Honestly, probably could be. Yeah. Who's the guy, okay? Who, refresh my memory. Who's the guy who voices Bane and Harley Quinn? Uh, not not Alan Tudyk. <laughs> okay. All right. We all like anime, so they get ready for Dante. Crunchyroll has partnered with Idris and Sabrina Elba to develop a new animated series for Crunchyroll. Based off Devil May Cry? No. Oh, okay. I don't um, know. Like, for two. 
Afrofuturistic sci-fi fiction series that is set in a city where this rise of biotechnology has created an ever-widening gap between the haves and have-nots. Two rising stars from either side of this divide are pitted against each other in a story that will ultimately explore equality and kinship within a corrupt society. Sounds dope to me. Yeah. What did you, 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 you say about like Afro, Afro sci-fi? What was, what was Afro- that? Like? Afrofuturistic science fiction is what the quote Sounds says. Cool. I'm into it. All yeah, right. Afro, Afrofuture is a has been a long, like burgeoning uh, genre, specifically in books. Mm-hmm. But it's uh, it is definitely spilling over. When we talked about the Disney investor meeting, they talked about that cartoon show. That's that's very Afrofuture. So gotcha. Uh, that that genre is coming up. Let me tell you. I love it. For a second, I thought you guys would say something like Afro Samurai. I'm like, ooh, I heard about that anime. I need to watch it. Yeah, Sam Jackson's on that show. Yeah, he is. Someone just, can someone explain games with a GameStop thing real quick? We don't have the time. We, we do. It's, also, this was like two weeks ago. If we were going to talk about this, no, this uh, happened this week. It did. It, it happened, happened this week. It's happening it happened in the last on. couple of weeks. But yeah, um, you you mean that that people are no, making movies about it, not the the movies. I just wanted a quick background of the GameStop sucks. Rich I don't people are mad that young that 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 poor people are getting stocks. They they don't think more, we should have stocks. Even more specifically, uh, rich people got mad because uh, Reddit discovered that they could buy troll stocks and piss off Wall Street. So I didn't know you were talking about a movie. They're making a movie about this. This literally Mul- happened two weeks multiple. ago. They already. Multiple projects have already this been literally like, happened two weeks around. ago. Yeah. Oh my god. Okay. So the Are news like- it, real quick, Ben. <laughs> real quickly. The news is before we get too far into it, is that there are two movies, a TV series and a documentary being developed based around this event that has just happened. I'll take a documentary, sure. I will take um, a documentary. So it's the the anti-social network, which is the 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 first movie will be called well, is the MGM uh movie that was that is they they bought a book proposal so not a published book about this they bought a book proposal and they are turning that into a movie it's not even written yet jesus yeah um this is written by ben nesrich who wrote the social network the movie that the the book that the movie is based on Mm. so he's writing something that's called something that's called the anti-social network and he wrote the social network yeah wow i mean that movie's great but like come on buddy Talk about okay. This is I feel like so, this MGM is putting all their eggs in one basket. It's a bad basket. Uh, MGM two weeks ago considered su- uh, selling most of their IP. Yeah. Um. All right. So this book will tell the story of a ragtag group of amateur investors, gamers, and internet trolls who bought Wall Street, who brought Wall Street to its knees. Fun. A load of shit. Sorry. Netflix. Netflix is developing a movie. And they're looking to hire Mark Boal to write the adaptation of the books um, with Noah Centineo. Centineo. Yeah. He's in Black Adam. Uh, he's already attached to star in this movie. He's he's like the big Netflix guy. He's in a bunch of their romantic comedy movies. And yeah. Stuff. To all the boys I've loved before. Is his. Yeah. Um, I mean, I when big things like, like this happen, like... There's always going to be some type of entertainment thing that comes out, but this is so fast and reactionary. Uh, it's kind of gross. Uh, yeah. Go ahead and keep describing your projects, and then I'll say what I want to say. To the Moon is the TV series coming from Pinky Promise, the fairly new studio. Um, no more information on that one. And then the documentary is being done by Jonah Tullis, who did the documentary Console Wars. Oh, okay. 
So the only one of these that I think needs to be made is the documentary. Yeah. I still think it's too early to say we need to make the documentary. This stuff's still happening like live right because now. Because it's still happening. Uh, we're still, and we're still going to be seeing the aftermath of it for a while, I imagine. Um, but the only reason why I think the documentary has any merit is because they'll probably at least talk to some people who were affected or part of it or whatever. Uh, the movies and the TV series are just a load of shit because all it's going to be is Hollywood trying to be like, look, we're displaying the person, the type of people who they got involved because they were able to get some money and they, they knew how to stick it to wall street. And I'm like, you will literally, none of you are going to talk to any of the people that did it because the people who were behind it, most of them, the people who were really spearheading it aren't going to talk to you. Yeah. That's not how it's going to happen. So you're just going to make this shit up. Who gives a shit? It's, <laughs> like, it's going to be a get drama. out of here. It's going to be a dramatized like Wolf of Wall Street version of it, where it's not going to highlight the people who should be highlighted, and it's going to make maybe heroes of the people who shouldn't be. Um, yeah, it's. I feel like the movie or maybe the TV show or what have you, they're going to vilify the wrong people, or they're going to nothing. Or, nothing is more pathetic than how thirsty they are to make fictional properties off of this moment, and I'm like you. That just feels so soulless and stupid. The documentary, at least on some level, I understand because it's a, yeah. it's it is a big look. There should be even more of a spotlight. We should analyze that. We should have a conversation about it because basically what happened is most of the people who live uh, the the 99% finally realized that guess what the game truly is rigged because uh, the core of what happened is that when people started trying to get in on the GameStop thing so that all the poor people could be making money off of it, the Robinhood app which is the app that they said, this is for all of the the, the lower class to it's be able called, to do stocks. It's called Robin Hood, you guys. Shut them out so that the share traders could keep doing their trading and they could make their money and so that the the poor people couldn't make money off of it anymore. They were also they literally shut them out. They were also selling people's <clears throat> shares without their consent. They did. Under shitty, I mean, shitty like laws that like once you sign the, so, Rob, the Robin Hood. So thing. yes, we mm -hmm. absolutely should have a conversation and a documentary analysis of the fact that Everyone figured out that the game is absolutely rigged. Stocks Everyone are saw that it was happening and that it's bullshit. And when we actually do what they tell us to do, they take it away. Uh, that should happen. But the movies and the TV shows are stupid. Not it's only that, I still keep seeing freaking ads for Robin Hood while I'm watch, trying to watch my YouTube show. My YouTube so videos, and I'm like, no, get out of here. You're all freaking liars. They they are trying to fix their PR so much. It's ruined. Uh, no, a, week, a week no. after the GameStop stuff started, the Dogecoin thing started. And when Dogecoin Doge. was, sorry, Doge, when that was happening on uh, Twitter, everyone was responding to it and asking how can i get in on this how can i do anything about it and robin hood was finding those tweets and saying come do it here even though it literally wasn't on the app at the time they're bad people money money ruins people's lives i'm just saying <clears throat> money's fake anyway give me more. Yeah, exactly everything's fake the dogecoin is apparently up uh, 8 cents right now wow it's, it's too it's too early to think that you're going to make anything solid out of a movie or tv series about this and it's stupid. And it's going to be all dramatized and fake anyway. The, like, I agree with you, Sparks. The only thing that should be maybe in start, <clears throat> like, like, seriously think about it, is the documentary. Because, yeah. but other than that, like, let's do a TV show. No. This is the this is the ridiculous part of the podcast, by the way. That was the first, first the ridiculous news. Second one is that, guys, I don't know how to tell you this, but the Buck Rogers estate is really upset that Legendary is making a TV series. Don't what? Don't they have the rights to it? Yes. 
so legendary claims. However, so here's the news. Buck Rogers, the Buck Rogers estate, the people who own the Buck Rogers uh, license. Uh, Jonathan Buck. From the creators. Um, they sent a cease and desist letter to Legendary, and they are moving forward with their own film adaptation. Why is licensing so messy? Uh, apparently Legendary thinks that, sorry, uh, which historian did quote, did, did uh, send a a uh, comment about our, our GameStop discussion saying, well, it's too late. Congress on a bipartisan basis is already planning to have hearing about it. Robin Hood uh, effed up, obviously. Good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Accountability. Yeah. All right. Um, Just like the Buck Rogers foundations or whatever. Um, so the Buck Rogers estate does not uh, claims that they did not purchase the, uh, the, the licensing, but legendary says they did. So <laughs> there you go. there's two Buck Rogers projects apparently in the works. This is like a just one of those dumb lawyer situations where like just like a missing signature on something or something, like like how does this happen? Like come on, like you hire Brian K. Vaughn to write it. Yeah. Okay. Which historian says licensing is messy directly because of Disney? That is true. Buck Rogers would actually be in the public domain if it wasn't for Disney. Buck uh, Rogers. Mickey Mouse too. No, Mickey uh, Mouse is the reason why it's not why that is the case. Why it's Disney? Damn, damn copyright laws, man. Um, George Clooney was attached to this thing, right? That was the last thing. George Clooney is the t- doing the TV series for Legendary. I just, I just, I'm imagining George Clooney walks out of his like million dollar mansion and gets a cease and desist letter from Buck Rogers and goes, "All right, bye." <laughs> He's like, "Whatever, he's <laughs> out, done." Uh, because like, this is one of the million properties that that Hollywood is working on at one time. Yeah. So that's how far it was actually going to happen? The the Buck Rogers. I, I I mean the Buck Rogers estate specifically. I get legendary, but the Buck Rogers estate has a uh, has a generous opinion of Buck Rogers' viability as a franchise in the 21st century. Yeah, I mean, of course you can you can always like revi- revi- revitalize things and make them cool again. But like, hey man, Buck Rogers, Star like, Wars is still cool. Yeah, but Buck Rogers ain't Star Wars anymore. I'm sorry. The only reason why I know about Buck Rogers in the first place is because I watch Duck Dodgers on Looney Tunes. Same. Yeah. Uh, all right, now Duck the revival. Duck Dodgers. Yeah, just get oh, if, if, if they take Buck Rogers from it, someone show George Clooney Duck Dodgers and get him involved. Oh, yeah. I all right, that. we have a lot of people watching the stream. By the way, we got six people watching this. That's crazy. Ooh, oh, Ooh, spicy! A baker's dozen. Never had that many people watch before. They're all gonna leave right now. Thank you. Thanks for stopping <laughs> by, guys. Wait, we got their views. I don't care. <laughs> all right. Oh, the Uno movie. What? Uh, excuse me. The Uno movie. You know, the card game Uno? No, I got it. <laughs> uh, rapper Little Yachty. Little Yachty? Little Yachty. <laughs> what did I say? <laughs> what did I say? Star character. This is Little Yachty. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Sometimes I don't even know what comes out of my mouth. It's okay. So, <laughs> rapper... no, Brandon doesn't listen to rap. <laughs> <laughs> don't no way uh okay well anyway <laughs> rapper little yet little yachty is producing a film based on the card game for mattel okay. described as an action heist comedy set in the underground hip-hop world of atlanta okay all right listen it's just dumb enough for i don't know little yachty's uh screenwriting producing credits like i don't know how involved he is in making movies um He's a fine lyricist, sure. Um, whatever. Like again, like yo, man. The Uno movie. 
Burgers Uno game in Atlanta. Like, who knows? It could, be just, game, it could be game night. Like, I just don't understand. Like, we really got to the point where I just said an Uno movie is in development. That's no, where we're yeah. at now. And after, 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 I can't, I can't wait to see how Skip is used. Oh my god. What if it's like a sci-fi, like multi-dimensional, like <laughs> your worst life? Like, oh man. Hey, listen, like I, it's, it, the, the idea is just silly enough where I'm into it, where it's mm -hmm. not just, it's not just an Uno game. It's like an action adventure, crazy thing. So like Jumanji or something. Who knows? You know what? More than, more than anything, this reminds me of the new Space Jam. Mm. Cause like, when, like all the people who are being attached to it. And then speaking of, this also has, has is connected to the Barney movie that Daniel Kaluuya is doing. Oh wow! Sure, Jeez, Louise, it's gonna wow. be shared around. I thought that show died. I mean, they can get better projects, right? This isn't like Daniel Kaluuya had to pick, and he picked. He had he picked Barney, I think right? It was just like a like a boring Tuesday night, and going, "What's with this one?" And then maybe like they got picked up, and it's never getting touched again. Maybe. I'm sorry, but if you don't have an Uno movie in the style of Yu-Gi-Oh, I'm out. No, you just make a Yu-Gi-Oh movie. Heart of the Cards. Yeah. <laughs> Blue. <laughs> God. A right, seven. Yeah. God, no. All right. Seven. Oh, I have our greens. No. All right, trailers. T-Talk. Here we go. We'll start with Justice Society, World War II, the next DC animated movie. Um, set in that continuity, the continuity started with Man of, Man of Tomorrow. What do you think of that one? I got, I, I didn't, I didn't love it. I didn't love the look of it. I don't know what it is. It just something, something's, something's off for me. I'm not sure mm -hmm. what it is. Uh, voice acting seems fine. Uh, it's just like I, it feels like like the the character models for me don't match like the environments. Like they're very poppy. To me, like it almost stands out. Like I don't know. That's just me. I don't. Maybe the movie will look better. I, I, I thought it looked. It's the same animation style from Man of Tomorrow, and I really liked it in Man of Tomorrow. And to be fair, I also I I liked it in the in this too. I, I do like this animation style a lot. No, this is a me thing. Yeah. Sparks, what did you think of this one? Um, I I I like it. I was telling Ryan, I think it looks a lot like Venture Brothers animation, which I'm not against. Hmm. Um, I think Venture Brothers looks way better. I maybe in like its last two seasons, but I mean, like I'm thinking like season five and earlier. It looks, so a it show looks from like 2004. Cool. It's a it's a no. low budget no. straight to DVD DC anime movie. I'm no, not surprised. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah. Uh, those seasons still looked fine. Then yeah. uh, this, I think this looks fine. I, I think when this is in motion, it looks good. Mm. Um, I think the talking looks funky, but I think I wonder if I need to just chalk that up more to the trailer that I'm seeing animation moments that aren't what they're saying mm -hmm. uh but the talking didn't look good most of the time the movement for me is one of the things i like about this it's not as stiff as the original as the original dc animated movies were the ones from sure. the past one that we did sure. uh, way more fluid like you see like jay garrett is kind of like kind of like jiving a bit and i'm kind of into that yeah the just the 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 talking throws me so i hope that yeah. that's just a trailer thing i have a theory that this is where wally this is where barry allen came out came out of after justice league dark apocalypse war Oh yeah, oh sure, that makes sense. So it's the same Barry Allen essentially that we just saw erase that timeline, and he's like, "I'm not just from the future; I'm from a different future." Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the point of that. Uh, I'm also just really excited to see the Justice Society uh, in a movie. Uh, I love them. Uh, nice. I think all the characters uh, look a lot of fun. 
Just. Me too. That's actually one of the reasons why I'm looking forward to this one quite a bit is because we don't really get to see the Justice Society a whole hope, lot. Like, I hope we see Alan Scott, but he's not in the trailer. That kind of worries me. Yeah, we see that's the other guy. Was that wasn't Nabu? That was Our Man. We saw right. It was Our Man. Yeah, Doctor yeah, Fate. Because we, we see Wonder Woman, Our Man, Doctor. Oh, not Doctor Fate. No, Doctor Fate. Our um, Man. Our, yeah, I said Wonder Woman, Our Man, Hawkman, Hawkman. Thank you. And that's pretty much it, right? Black Canary. Black Canary, thank you. Mm-hmm. I'm oh, really yeah. excited. Yeah, I, I, I love the Justice Society. I'm like, yeah, give me more Justice Society, please. Yeah, but is Shazat is Shazadam in it? Oh, man, I'm so glad that's not real. Uh, oh, you're talking about that? Oh, let's not talk about that. It's not real, thank goodness, but oh, my God. Was that a, was that a day? <laughs> All right. <laughs> Pacific Rim, they've been trying to get a Pacific Rim animated series off the ground for a very long time, and they finally did it with Pacific Rim The Black coming March 4th. Man, I wish they'd finish it. <laughs> the kaiju Not a good actually, re- watching on the big screen, the kaiju looked good. Uh, I the, like the, the designs of the kaiju. The Here's kaiju the, and, the, and the Jaegers look good. I still think the human movement looks just this is, bad. This is exactly what I go back to uh, what I was saying about Promise Neverland. 3D CG animation can look pretty good with mm-hmm. creatures. It, yeah. it can look pretty good with creatures, mm-hmm. and it can look pretty good with uh, vehicles. Mm-hmm. But environments and characters don't look good in this animation most of the time. And this is another example yeah. where I'm just sitting here and I'm like, the damn Netflix animes with their stupid 3D CGI that looks... Just like crap, just like absolute crap it's on characters, cheap, and I it's hate cheap, it. It's cheap and easy. I just put more money in. This is the same animation uh, studio who put out the Godzilla Earth trilogy for Netflix and uh, Knights of Cydonia. Um, I watched the first episode of that when it came out, and I couldn't do it. I don't. I don't love the look of the characters, but I like Pacific Rim enough. I'll watch it. Same. Yeah, I okay. kind of had this moment where I'm where I was watching this, and I like. I like that it looks better than the Godzilla trilogy and the fact that there's more imagination in the designs and there's more color. Mm-hmm. Um, so I appreciated that like hell. And yeah. then I'm watching it and I'm like, you know, I think I'm going to give Pacific Rim Uprising another watch. I think, uh, I think I, I, that deserves it. Get it on Come to, to the time. Got, get it on. <laughs> Come to the light. Um, I, I mean, I liked it. I just was disappointed because I, I've talked about it before. I didn't see the passion that I saw in the first film and the second film. Um, but Pacific Rim, the Black, honestly, look, I like the Pacific Rim franchise enough that I'll give it a watch. I'll give it a shot. What country are we in? Australia. Ah, oh, okay. Oh, okay. Because I was actually, I was wondering, I was like, where is where this? Striker Eureka is from. Do we know the time period at all? No. Okay. Is it right after the war or is it during the war? It, it, it looks like it's in the middle of the 10-year in the beginning of Pacific Rim One, but things are but things are bad. That's right? kind of what I was thinking. Yeah, but I'm also like, yeah, who knows? Um, yeah, it looks it looks cool. Uh, I I want to revisit Pacific Rim. I just oh, those characters, man. Yeah, I I really I I do like the premise a lot of them like finding like an abandoned Jaeger. I think that idea mm-hmm. is cool enough. Me too. Um, you get to grow with the characters as they like learn about the Jaeger and stuff themselves. But, you know, but like, uh, it's, yeah, I wouldn't, of... I wouldn't even hate the character models so much if they move smoother. Yeah. The movement of it's them so, is so like choppy is like, what really, really bothers it's me like, about it. Yeah. I, I joke that the animation wasn't done, but it just, it looks like frames are missing when they move. Like, it's just, I don't get how this is such a style that's so prevalent. It's so like, shows. honestly, it's one of those situations where like, if they moved as smooth as a video game cinematic, I'd be like, sure. Yeah. It sounds like they recast the computer. No longer is the the Glados. It's a it's only Cortana. 
Mm. Oh, I didn't even consider. I that. wonder. I wonder if it's uh, different. If it's a different one. Yeah. Maybe. Maybe it isn't. Maybe. All right. Coming to America, the sequel to Coming to America. Boy, this is the trailer they should have led with. Uh, yeah. Let me tell you, because uh, I'm now one thousand percent in. Yeah. Uh, after watching this trailer, I'm like, oh, this is a different movie. Great. <laughs> yeah, I I agree. Um, uh, I think it looks actually pretty funny, and I'm like, it looks like Eddie Murphy's having a really good time, and I, I like the whole cast that's there. Um, I thought the whole movie was just going to be him in New York, just being goofy with like all his old friends, and I'm really glad they're going back to the, the country that they live in, and like it's kind of like almost a fish out of water story for the son and him learning who he is. Uh, I'm 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 into this. I'll I'll watch this. Yeah. Fanny has been wanting to watch this movie really bad, and she really wants me to watch the first one because I've never seen the first one. So, oh, she's, so she's looking uh, forward to sit me down to watch the first one so we can watch the second one. Coming to America 1, this is for everybody, is on Amazon Prime right now celebrating Black History Month. Um, you can watch it. If you have Amazon Prime, you can watch it for free. It's there. Beautiful. All right. The Nevers. Man, this looks great. Heck, this baby, great. give me, this looks like high budget, uh, uh, the show we just watched, the high budget, which show, whether high budget, uh, uh, Motherland, Fort, Motherland, Fort, Fort Salem. Yeah. Um, but period piece. But yeah. Give me more, more cool lady, witch power stuff. Like yeah, this looks, yeah. this looks like awesome. This looks so fun. Yeah. I'm really into this. This is the, is this the one that Joss Whedon left? Yes. Yes. So, so there are a lot of people who are still calling it the Joss Whedon show and the people who are like, Please don't do that. He's not a part of the show anymore. Give this a chance for people to watch. He's not part of the mm -hmm. show anymore. So yes, Joss is not a part. A thought. Yes, he did help create it, but he left like halfway through it or whatever. Um, this looks great. This looks cool as hell. Yeah, I'm really excited for this. You know, after finishing Bloodborne and watching this trailer, I'm like, okay, I know it's not Bloodborne, but it's giving me a little bit of Bloodborne vibes, and I yeah. and I'm into it. Anytime I get a really good fireball effect, I'm I'm really happy about because like fireballs are cool, you guys. Yes, they are. I see your fireball effect. Let me raise you a wind kamehameha from mm. Dragon Ball Evolution, please. Oh, I thought you were going oh. to. Be no. <laughs> I don't think I can do the rest of the show, guys. Oh, <laughs> I did it. Evolution. I, did it. I win. Um, <laughs> I was just starting and asking what we're talking about. The Nevers, I think we just the talked Nevers. about. Yeah, uh, the Nevers. Nevers on HBO. HBO. It's a show coming out. Check out the trailer. It's magic. It's period. It's got, it I think great. the witches, witch historian. I think you'll like it. All right, Godzilla. No, Moxie. Moxie. Mm. Amy Poehler. This, this Amy looks like a, like, a, like a cute, charming, young adult uh, 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 thing. Yeah. I really like this, honestly. I was, yeah. I, was uh, I was really into this. Yeah, so I really cool. I, I really want to watch it. Um, it looks good. It's a movie, not a show, right? It is a, a movie. movie. Uh, mm -hmm. uh, yeah, all about, you know, yeah, go girls. Like yeah, you, my mom was like a like a dope feminist lady in the eighties, and then like I'm gonna do that now. Let's like, stand oh. up for female rights in high school, and I'm like yes, yeah. I really what? I really like the the last joke. Absolutely, oh, yeah. Oh God. no, <laughs> I really like that. No, one of the things I actually liked from the trailer was that because um, you see the one girl who's like obviously like the popular one, the one like the one who all the boys want to clam to go after. And she actually joins the group of misfits, or the or is like, hey, I don't like this either. And she, I think, what I got from the trailer is that she also bands with them. Like, yeah, yeah, you go. They get over there. I I really like where they're uh, they're talking about like everyone who's who's part of this puts stars and hearts on them, mm -hmm. so we know that you're a supporter. And the guy has it on him, and then they're like, that is so hot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's that's a cool that's a cool way to like sub 
subvert into a high school form like that you are part of a movement uh Mm -hmm. and that like hey i'm on board with this and like just do something really simple like that that teachers really won't pick up on what you're doing all right now godzilla singular point had a second trailer or should i say the Jet Jaguar show had a trailer. Jet Jaguar. I love it. I got, where's Godzilla? Who cares? You got a big robot man. We got we got good looks at Rodan, who I don't like the design of, and Jet Jaguar that I'm kind of into the design of. You mean, I, you mean because Rodan's just like Shin classic God- dinosaur? He looks like Shin Godzilla, ugly monster version of like bait little Godzilla, but Rodan forms. Like I'm into it. Uh, he just looks like a pteranodon. Yeah. Yeah. That's what he is. I, I, I like I, I like bigger. That's what he's supposed to be. Uh, Jet Jaguar has a really cool design uh, that's like, well, like a stripped down like, design. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I, it, man, this is like a, a anime ass anime. It like, is. It is with the characters. It's yeah, very anime. Like the straight up characters. This is who I am, and this is what I'm about. And like Godzilla's not even in the trailer. So this is another example of uh, again, you're seeing the 3D CG animation, but it's put up with that 2D animation. Vehicles and ca- creatures can look good, but yeah. I'm glad that everything else is 2D. The environment is 2D. The characters are 2D. Good. Yeah, I'm good, a good, good, good. This looks like pretty unique for for a Godzilla thing, for a kaiju thing. So like, I'm mm-hmm. I'm excited. Yeah, I'm never opposed to to doing new things with Godzilla. Just don't make him boring as hell. Yeah. Um, How do you right. make a design where you're a million years in the future boring? I still I'm still mad, Brandon. I will never finish the trilogy, no matter how good it could get. I don't care. Uh, no, like for real though, that movie is just aesthetic. I, I someone was like, should I watch the Godzilla trilogy? And I was like, look, it's aesthetically boring as hell, but it's got something to say and that's kind of cool youtube YouTube the good parts um okay the obituary of tunde johnson oh my gosh so time loop loop movie time loop movie that's a real sad time loop movie yeah wild uh we didn't watch it i didn't feel like it was necessarily something we needed to talk about on the podcast but amazon prime has another time loop movie coming out uh they released a trailer in this last week it's called the map of tiny perfect things i want to see that Yes, with Catherine Noonan in, in it. If you like time loop movies, go check that trailer out. Um, but like I said, we, we're we not doing it for the podcast. But I did want to mention it because time loop movies seem to never fail. They're all good. Um, yeah, this is great. I love the the weird, sad look of this. Um, and and the contemplation. I love, uh, like, obviously, this is one of those times where pull quotes is getting me where it's like, this is the kind of, like, f- film change we need to move the needle. And I'm like, all right, I'm, I'm there. Yeah, yeah. it's... it's- it looks to be like a really, a really like intense like genre piece, while also dealing with yeah. like the, the the troubles of of our modern era of um, racism what, and yeah. uh, and uh, hatred towards uh, LGBTQ. Yeah, um, yeah. Like I, I, this is what sci-fi is really good at is like diving deep into these like really heady topics, um, and almost getting like kind of like like a pass because it's like sci-fi it gets to do stuff like that. Um, sure. Uh, yeah, I'm really this like this took me a surprise. I'm like, oh shit, this looks dope. Um, yeah. Like Oscar, like a sci-fi Oscar movie. Like, yeah. please. This movie feels, I feel like this movie is going to eventually push the needle towards people having a hard conversation. And I feel like some people are like, oh, I don't want to watch that. It's like, well, why not? Because it's going to lead to having a difficult conversation. Good. Yeah. Sorry. I, 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 like that. That, I like that we have the obituary to Nate Johnson and Moxie on the same thing, because I think both of those films need to be seen, need to be made mm-hmm. to show people the perspectives that they're not seeing. Absolutely. Promising young woman, not one, too. Mm-hmm. All right, Cosmic Sin. Let's watch Bruce Willis sleepwalk through another movie. So, so the second I saw Frank Grillo pop up, who uh, is Crossbones in in the Captain America movies, um, 
he and Bruce Willis, Bruce Willis have made at least four or five movies together now over the last couple of years. There is a production company that somehow has a tie on Bruce Willis. I don't know if they have his like kids kidnapped or something, but Bruce Willis puts out like a movie or two a year with Frank Grillo and the straight to DVD. And they're all called like ambush or trespass or murder man. And it's just Bruce Willis is in the movie for like seven minutes. I don't, I don't think you misspoke. I think maybe he might be a clone. He is Bruce Millis. Uh, I think, I think that they just have a clone bringing out and Bruce Willis just doesn't care enough to fight it. Yeah. He gets the the residuals. Yeah. Real quickly, which historian says sci-fi and fantasy are excellent at representing different perspectives. Yes. they are. Yeah. This movie's trailer is terrible. Um, (laughs) I don't know what the plot of this movie is supposed to be. It's, it's all the Avengers movies in one because there's an invading army um and like it's coming through a portal there's a guardian yeah yeah there's yeah man i don't think bruce willis so again he's like he's in this movie i do not think he's the star of this movie because every one of these movies has him in the trailers and he's never the star of it i watched like there's this one video youtuber and he's like i review all the bruce willis movies from the past five years he he's in the movie literally two minutes in every single one of these movies and he's a star they got him Look, it will be impressive if this movie does all those scenes with that he's in because yeah. there's so many different like avenues and yeah. things in two minutes. I will be like, damn. It, I'm just what saying, is I, this movie? I've seen bad trailers before and they've done it. Like maybe he's in it a lot, but like this is that production company that just shits out movies like Asylum does. I wonder. I wonder how they got him into a costume because normally he just walks on walks on the set with whatever he's wearing. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Um, yeah. So, Cosmic Sin. What a name. It looked really bad. Yeah. Devil makes. Devil May Care. The Alan oh, yeah, oh, yeah. This is the sci-fi anime. This looks like an Adult Swim show. Yeah, it does, doesn't it? Yeah, it yeah. looks it looks like another another adult animated show. It looks fine. Nothing like, drew me. I'll be honest. Alan Tudyk again. It's like Where's Adult Swim. It's like Adult Swim slash Comedy Central when they're trying to do something like Ugly Americans. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it looks uh, like fine. Whatever. I know it's not copying the Rick and Morty style, but it feels like it's trying to be the Rick and Morty style. And I'm like, I just... Yeah. Eh. Alan Tudyk's hard working, though, let me tell you. Yeah, Alan Tudyk is great. Uh, there's just nothing... There is nothing in this show that made me go, yeah, I want to watch this. No, I just mean, like, he's in, He's in like, nine... Of the trailers are talking about today. Yeah, he's busy. <laughs> he's so busy. Uh, yeah, I thought this looked terrible, honestly. Yeah. Um, Shook. New Shutter original. You guys gotta tell me what to if, if I could take this out with this one out. Oh, I mean, I would. I, I. We already sat down and watched it, so I figured we were gonna talk about it. So. Yeah. Uh, right. eh, eh. Eh, it looks like a Shutter horror movie about teenagers and a computer. Looks it's, like something I could have made, and that's cool. It looks <laughs> like a. No, that's probably too mean. Cause what's, uh, the, what's the horror movie? Unfriended. Yeah, I was gonna say it looks like um, like the, the like this one of the Zoom movies, but it's not as good. Yeah, I was gonna say it looks like a, a worse version of that, but this, but I feel like this shook has a little bit more production behind it. But I, I don't know. If I they never, were to call it hashtag shook, I probably would care more. I'm just saying. I uh, do you know if this was filmed during the pandemic? No, I don't. Okay, because it kind of has that. Vibe. I wouldn't be shocked. I think it. Was. I wouldn't be shook. <laughs> Jesus. All right. The I saw the trailer. I was like, oh look, it's another unfriended. All right. The Japanese are remaking Cube. Guys, so that's wild. Cube is a movie that we did on Downright Annoyed several months ago. Cube is an excellent, excellent, incredibly low budget horror movie um, that was made like for a hundred thousand dollars, but like looks like a million dollar movie. Like it's insane. It's all. It's literally just a character study about people and how they deal with trauma and stress in like an enclosed space. Um, it's really weird that it's getting a remake literally like twenty five years later. But like 
it, it looks like that movie. And if it's just another version of that movie with good character study, then, then sure, why not? Um, it's just weird. It seems weird. That movie's good. Watch Cube. Watch the original Cube. It's great. Well, it's interesting because we're not remaking it. A different no. country is remaking this movie. Yeah. Um, which happens, like, does happen. Um, it's just usually we steal. Usually yeah. we're stolen from, which is which is interesting for us. <laughs> let me let me in. Girl with the dragon tattoo. Mm-hmm. I like one of those movies. Um, um, Affairs and the, the Squires. I don't know if it's quite the same if we're making it off of a book. As far as Girl with the Dragon tattoo. Yeah, Cube is just a movie. Mag yeah. says Cube is worth it. Yeah, good job, Mag. Um, yeah. All right. Oh, wait. Which historian says something that I missed? Uh, should we be upset about a safe movie production? No. Uh, maybe. That's probably no. Shook. Yeah, yeah. Shook, yeah. Shook. Tom Cruise is on that set with his robots. It, uh, it, if uh, if Shook was filmed in corn in, during the pandemic, the reason it would make sense is because it looked like it was just like a, a few people kind of like doing it indie in their home. Indie style, yeah. That's, that's why I feel like it might have been. All right, Marvel's behind the mask. Yeah, this looks great. Uh, I'm just happy. I, I don't know if I'll watch it, to be honest, but like, I'm just happy that there's more comic book stuff going on Disney+. Plus. Like, they're mm. actually... Um, whether even if it is the dance slot who or who is on that one episode, what was the the show Legends? What was Marvel it? Six One Six. Yes, thank you. Six One Six. Even if it's him, they're spotlighting comic books, which is like what I want that com- what I want them to do. Uh, I think the main reason I'll probably end up watching this at some point is because I definitely want to watch them talk about the effect Black Panther had on black audiences mm. and also that they have the interview with the guy who's like i didn't realize i was the first african-american writer i think it was chris comics yeah yeah uh i i want to see those parts of it for sure so mm-hmm. um i think it's really great that they're having those conversations spotlighted in it specifically yeah right. don't get me wrong i'm down to watch this it's just i haven't watched marvel 616 on disney plus yet and i haven't touched well Legends, then you so. won't understand marvel's uh what's it called continuity <laughs> You gotta watch one before the other. There's just a <laughs> there's just a bunch of stuff on Disney Plus. I I know I just finished Ducktales, but still, it's one of the things that's like cool something to watch. Sure. Don't know when I'm gonna get to it, but I will get yeah. to it eventually. Yeah, yeah, but, but I feel like this one's a little easier than the six one six because this one six one six is a bunch of episodes. This is one documentary film. Oh, even better. Yeah. And finally, Mass Effect Legendary Edition, which came out with a release date of March. Well, of let me May tell you guys, 14. Ryan Ryan is he didn't like it. It's no May good. 14th. May fourteenth. <laughs> <laughs> you guys. So I. So Mass Effect Two is my favorite game of all time. Um, the Mass Effect trilogy is like is my second favorite franchise next to Metal Gear. Metal Gear has more consistently good games, I think. But Metal. But Mass Effect Two is is I think the the best sci-fi RPG maybe ever made. I think the Mass Effect franchise is the best modern sci-fi franchise in video game history. It has the best world building. It has the best characters. Um, everything seems so fleshed out. That is a company at the top of their game when like all the writers know exactly what they're doing. All the creative team knows exactly what they're doing. Like they had a a, a vision. Um. And like we've been waiting, we've been waiting for this for a long time. It's been rumored for literally years. It's been my Christmas list for like two or three years, right? Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I am so stoked. Uh, it's kind of weird that it's not coming to PS5. It's interesting that it's only it is going to be like a PS4, Xbox One game because uh, you can still play it. On you can still you can still play, but I mean, it's like that means it's not the highest fidelity that it could possibly be. Which again is fine. Um, I'm Probably not just spent so many years doing it exactly. that they just didn't build it for that hardware. And, and I'm like, sure because the pandemic too. They probably also just feel better about like. Let's not charge people the PS5, the PS5 Xbox Series X prices yeah. for a game that we know is is like you know upscale it from the PlayStation 4 version because that's yeah. really all it is. Yeah, uh, the PS3 version. 
Yeah, no, no, no. I mean, like, uh, oh, when sorry, you sorry. Put the PS4 version yes, yes, into your yes. PS5, that's all you'd be getting. Don't sell them it and say it's a PS5 copy no, I, because that's, that's not what it is. No, I guess you're right. Oh my god, please put Ryan. that in question. Witch Historian says Caden or Ashley. Oh my god, Witch Historian. This is my favorite video game memory of all time. Let me tell you why. So I'm not going to spoil all of the thing in, in Mass Effect 1, but Ashley is a space racist. She doesn't like aliens. And there's a confrontation between two of your party members. Uh, in Mass Effect 1, and my charisma wasn't high enough to stop her from killing one of the aliens on my squad. And he is a fan-favorite character, so that character was missing in Mass Effect 2 and Mass Effect 3, because that is one of the only game franchises where your saves and your choices carry on to the next game. So that entire franchise, I didn't have this fun favorite character, and got to miss out on so much shit, because the space race has killed her. So, <laughs> fuck Ashley. I hate her. <laughs> oh my god. I hate her. I don't know if she gets redeemed in Mass Effect 3 because I, I never talked to her ever again. And if I did, I was only mean to her because she killed my boy. Um, that Guys, Mass Effect's so good. Um, the Really, the great thing about that franchise is you you make all these choices and those choices carry over to the next game. So things are different. And like it, Relationships are different. Environments are different. And there are no other game franchises that do that. Like really, what games have you guys played where like your choices carry on to the next game in a meaningful way? They don't do that. Only RPGs do, and it's mostly just Bioware. What are you um, talking about? The costume I unlocked in Rise of the Tomb Raider was in Shadow of the Tomb Raider. Damn, you beat me. You sold it. <laughs> you, you beat the you beat the tater. Um, man, mm. I'm just guys. I'm just so excited, and it's coming in in May. May, so it's, not, May. It's, it's not super far away. Um, all the DLC. It has some of the best DLC ever in gaming. Like some of the best, like cool story stuff. That's that's like hidden in a bunker. Um, like. I, I would, if we weren't a pandemic, I would say, like, Basement Arcade for the all time. But, like, that's not going to happen. So, like, uh, get ready, guys. Greatest sci-fi video games coming back in style. That that old, the new gum you like is coming back in style. What's up? What was that What was that game for the PlayStation 2 that was, like, heralded to be, like, this major game that's going to have, like, uh, it's going to be a trilogy? Kind of looked like a little bit like Avatar. Too Human? No, maybe. I don't remember. Advent Horizon? Oh, maybe really? Advent Rising because it never got the sequel. Advent Rising. Rising wasn't that an Xbox exclusive? Uh, no, I don't think so. It might have been, but that was a game that had a million dollar sweepstakes with it, so that's why I got a lot of uh, critical acclaim. Which historian apparently is mad at you that you killed his boyfriend? Hey, Cadence, I, I didn't. I didn't. She did it. I didn't do yeah, it. Advent Rising was an Xbox. Okay. Exclusive. Um, that game had a million dollar sweepstakes, like on on the box art. I I remember that only because it's the one Xbox game I can't play on any of uh the next gen systems. Oh wow, they hated that franchise so much they wouldn't let you play it again. Yeah, <laughs> that's so sad. So before we recorded, a uh, Super Bowl happened, uh, which means that we get some new TV spots. Not many this year. No, nope, not a lot. Everything that I was told was a lie. Um, well, no, we got the Falcon Winter Soldier. Well, no, uh, I, 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 I figured that one. The other ones that I heard, <clears throat> all the rest of the Marvel stuff. Yeah, so, we didn't get the only Marvel thing we got was Falcon Winter Soldier. So let's go into that first. Yeah. No, I was actually mad because I was I had to stream the game because uh, I watched I watched the game, but when I was streaming it, all the like big media spots, like the big media things, I saw like so many trailers for Clarice. I saw stuff for Paramount Plus. I'm like, where's the, uh, like some of the commercials? I hate, I hate those Paramount Plus ads. Oh, you saw those too? <laughs> I've been seeing them for weeks. They're, they're, it's been like a, it's been like a campaign. I hate it so much. I mean, I had Never to stream like all the, I had to stream all the characters games. are going up a mountain or something. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I had to stream the game on uh um on CBS All Access, and then I was I was sitting there I was like, where the heck am I gonna get the Civil War or the Civil War, 
Falcon Winter Soldier trailer. And then it's like, oh, wait, probably because I'm streaming it and I'm not watching it on live TV because I don't have a freaking cable box. Well, anyway, the Falcon Winter Soldier trailer mm-hmm. dropped. Um, I loved it. I thought it was excellent. I uh, The song might as well have been Get It On Till I Die because that's what I felt when I was watching it. Um, th- this this definitely looks like your more traditional Marvel Marvel movie stuff, but... It, it's it's my it's two two great dudes who don't like each other having to work together. It looks great. Sharon Carter's finally getting some actual shit to do. Oh my god, she looks great. Uh, Zemo's uh, back. We're dealing with so the, we this, we know this from like the, the the behind the scenes stuff, but apparently we're dealing with the Sokovia Accords a bit in this show. Yeah, yeah. I'm um, sure. Yeah, it looks like Zemo's in Sokovia doing stuff. I love yeah. I love that Z, I love Zemo's line of I will not let my work go unfinished. Yeah. Um, the action looks really good. Like they this is obviously like they put the money behind it. Um. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you told me this was a movie, I'd believe you. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm sure. I'm sure we're gonna like explore a lot more about state of the world post Endgame. Yeah, there's a new yeah. Captain America, um, U.S. Mm-hmm. agent. Like, well, I'm I'm really curious what they're gonna do with him. Are they gonna make him the villain? Is he gonna actually end up being like a good guy? Like, it's it's there's a lot of avenues that can go. It's exciting. Yeah. Uh, I I do I will say I don't think the comedy at the very end worked for me, but I think that's because the weird editing and stuff of the trailer, uh, with I'm like doing the staring contest. Uh, mm-hmm. But I thought it was a little charming, but like I didn't like laugh or anything. More than more than not, I think their chemistry uh, works really well, and the trailers get that off uh, well. Yeah. yeah. All right. The rest are thirty second spots. Uh, that was a full minute and a half. This was the rest of thirty minutes, thirty seconds. Nobody. This looks like an entirely different movie than the trailer we last watched. <laughs> Christopher Lloyd's in this. Yeah. What? That's is it? Is his dad? Is it, is yeah, his dad? I don't know. Uh, again, this weird. Because that first trailer, it's like he's out of the game and he's getting dragged back into it. Where this, it's like, no, I'm a badass and a mother effort. I'm hanging it's like out with like a family. Mr. and Mrs. Smith thing. It's a Mr. and Mrs. Smith thing. It's like a completely different tone to that last trailer. And I'm like, oh, I wonder if they're trying to remarket this movie in a way. Uh, or it's just this is decided, decidedly the way they wanted to go. Uh, if this was the first trailer I saw for this, I'd probably be more excited. But like, I know what the movie is. So I'm like, why'd you go this way? Weird. Well, I'm still excited because I think this movie looks awesome. Yeah. I like I like uh, Odenkirk a lot. I just mm-hmm. it says in theaters April, and I'm like, well, you're ambitious. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they can um, still play in theaters. The some theaters, yeah. Put just on the, VOD. Bod, bod, bod. F9, which I'm still calling F9 the Fast Saga. That's, um, that's what they're calling. It. I I said to him during it, and I I, I was like, man, I miss this. <laughs> I miss cars going sideways into cars and I'm other buildings. I'm <laughs> so excited about the shot of Helen Mirren driving. Yeah, she's yeah. giving a little giggle. I'm like, ooh, spicy. Um, yo, man, evil Dom's brother. Like, come on, give it to me. John Cena's great. <clears throat> yeah, I'm really excited for this for this one. I yo, was. Uh, did Did everybody notice the the empty chair at the table next to uh, Paul Walker's wife? No. Uh, when she's when they're in the early beginning, he's coming. Yeah. Dom up to the table she's sitting there there's an empty chair next to her with a corona bottle i'm like how are we getting around that one guys oh, <laughs> oh no where's where's brian oh he had to go yeah he's busy fbi stuff or whatever is that is because that, she's clearly in this movie because she's in another shot in a car and yeah. i'm like yeah. what what are we doing guys oh, where's well, she brian has to, she has to be involved because it's her brother no i get it it's just it's it's good that Man, it's just weird. That's such a yeah. hard thing to have to work around. Han's just in the shot like it's no big deal. Yeah. No big deal. Um, well, you know, I was disappointed in... Uh, I was, no, disappointed. I have a really good time in those movies, but they're not exactly what I came to the Fast and Furious franchise. This looks kind of more more like a, um, a meet me in the middle type thing, so I'm, I'm, I'm excited. Right on. 
All right. Old looks terrible. No, it doesn't. Oh, I thought it looked awful. Yeah, looks like. Well, first of all, it's a thirty-second trailer, so it literally gives you not enough information. But like the prem, it's an M Night Shyamalan premise, so like it, it, it's about on, people getting on, old. Based, well, on, based on a comic book. Oh, well, yeah. while while we were watching it, I just all I could think was, I really wish this isn't how you showed me anything from this movie for the first time. Yeah, I really wish you just showed me a trailer and took your time to set this up for me because this is just this. This isn't a good. This isn't a good thirty spot to get me to, on board with this concept. Yeah. Okay. I will. I will agree with that then. Yes. Uh, it, for, for for the first time showing a movie, you probably just spoil what it is. Is kind of a bummer. So I will agree with that. Yes. Well, and it's just it's throwing so many visuals at you that like you can't connect anything to. Well, I think that's again why it's a it is a bad teaser. But like this is what the movie is going to be. Yeah, yeah. I'm not I'm not yeah. harping on. I don't I don't necessarily think oh that means the movie is bad or yeah. any anything. Like I'm not against the concept or anything like that. I'm just like. I just, this is not the way I would have chosen to know about this. Yeah, I'd rather just get like a two-minute trailer. Yeah. yeah. And finally, we got our, our next look at Raya and the Last Dragon. A little 30-second TV spot. Raya. Raya and the Last Dragon. Thank you. you just watched the trailer. You got just a little more footage. <laughs> that looks great. Uh, her big her big guy is Tuck Tuck. Oh, yeah. The, uh, That's the, his the name. Armadillo his guy. name is Tuck mm-hmm. Tuck. I like it. <laughs> Did you guys see the, the Japanese trailer for Godzilla vs. Kong where Godzilla bitch slaps Kong? I only saw the image of him slapping Kong. I've seen the gif for sure. And like, oh, is this your king? (laughs) I love that. Just, yeah. All right. That's it though. So we're going to get into our main topic unless you guys want to bring up anything else. Oh yeah. You know, we're only like two hours something in, but, um, so you guys catch the game. Who won? No, that's comedy timing. <laughs> oh, I appreciate it. Thank you. Great. What are we talking about? No, Space really. Right. Nobody won. Oh, no. All right. He's on a different team now. Okay. So we are talking Ohio. about Netflix's new original movie, Space Sweepers. The full spoilers from here on out for the new Netflix original Space Sweepers came out on Friday. So if you have not seen it, I recommend not watching the rest of this. Come back in like an hour for like the book club. But, you know, your choice. What do we think of this, this, this one? I'm going to go first. I think yeah. the the creativity behind it and the imagination is sensational. And I loved looking at the movie. I think it's 30 minutes too long. And I'm really, really confused on what the what was actually happening. But I liked it. I, I pretty much I pretty much echo a lot of what Ryan said. I think that the concepts are really cool. I think the beginning and the ending are solid, but um, definitely there's like that middle needs to get trimmed down. Um, and I have three specific things that I'm very confused about, but that's okay. <clears throat> ben, uh, I love this movie, but I do agree it, it needs to be trimmed down quite a bit because when I first I watched it before the football game, and I was like, "Damn, this is." When I thought when I was reaching to a point, I was like, "Okay, now we're." We're reaching in. I hit pause for something, and I was like, oh, I got an hour left. I felt like mm-hmm. I sat through this movie for two hours already, but nope, I, I still got more to go through. Uh, amazing ideas. I love the characters in this movie, but yeah, it, it does have some pacing problems. I will admit that. I really adored it. I had a blast. I, 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 I have no issues. 
I mean, that's fine. Um, did you guys watch the dub? No, uh, I, I watched so. it. I watched it subtitled. I watched it subtitled, but there was enough. Okay, so I watched it subtitled, and then wait, 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 still... wait, 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 real quick. You specifically went and switched it to Korean, like when the main actor, like when the the crewmates of the victory were speaking Korean. That's what I was showing. I didn't change anything. I didn't go in and make sure everything was in English. It was like they were speaking Korean, but you have some characters in there who were speaking in English. Mm-hmm. And sometimes French, and so so that's how I was watching it. Ben, Ben, if you just hit play on the movie, mm-hmm. it plays the English dub. Did you go in and change it to Korean? Oh no, I did not. Okay, then you watched the dub. Oh shit. Okay, that's all I wanted to know. Uh, we also watched the dub. Brandon, did you watch the dub? Probably. Okay. Um, the only thing I changed was my subtitle settings. Uh, I wish that I uh, like. I understand why we pick the dub um we picked the dub because we were eating dinner and um none of us like trying to eat and read the subtitles on the movie at the same time it's kind of hard um so we started that about 45 minutes and i was like man i really wish i was watching the them and actually speaking korean yeah um when they're speaking uh but but uh only because i don't think that the dub actor the dub acting is matching all the time Mm -hmm. uh what, what i'm visually seeing and i definitely ha- question if some plot stuff would have made more sense in korean uh, okay yeah like that's that okay that's that's weird because when i was watching every time the victory the crewmates of the victory spoke i heard korean only the non-korean actors were speaking different languages okay oh, oh. That's no i the way i watched it the korean korean is dubbed into english uh yeah. and then everyone else is speaking other languages that's what we saw too yeah, because yeah, it's a multi-language film, like a, which, which is, is awesome. awesome. Yeah, uh, yeah. And this is a line where, like, like I think it's like a German lady or something. Like she's brave. She's supposed to be English because we were watching the dub. They make her German. She's speaking English. <laughs> I, oh man, we definitely messed up watching because they wanted because yeah. they wanted you to oh, get the sense that they are not communicating or that bit doesn't work. Yeah. But she's speaking English. If we watch the Korean one, he'd be speaking Korean. She'd be speaking English, saying this translator doesn't work. That's funny. But I, I think the the idea that like they all use translators and that is a good scene, even if even it's all kind of messy there uh, for whatever reasons. Um. I think it's a really cool idea uh, and it makes the film just feel so much bigger because it's not just like one, it's not just one type of people. Like it is a true, like diverse cast of everybody. Yeah. I really want to spotlight that because regardless of what version you watch, the multilingualism of this film is one of my favorite things. Yeah. Uh, This is how I want want space sci-fi future stuff to be where it's like, everybody's got translator things, but you as an audience hear their native language because they're all speaking their native language to each other. And they're just automatically understanding it. Yeah. And I think that's great. Oh yeah. Uh, this movie immediately gets a point up for me by not explaining what an EMP is. Yeah, there you go. Thank you. Thank you, Space Sweepers. Yeah. Uh, I, I think the opening, um, I think it's really a, a very, very strong opening. And a, like a perfect, a perfect, like, these are who your characters are. They're a bunch of scumbags. Um, this, is, first this, sequence, is this is what the world is. The first sequence in the ship when they're getting the junk is, is, is so much fun. Yeah. So well shot. I love I, the CGI in this in this movie. For how long the movie is, I really wanted more of that stuff mm-hmm. because I really feel like there's so much talking that happens that could have been replaced with really cool world building, or, or maybe just like they already spent so much money because this looks like a really expensive movie, man. Like, like it's, it, it's it's so it's so big in scope. Like, I'm really impressed with how it looks. Like, it looks like there's a lot of like physical sets and stuff, and I'm like, this looks like they put a lot of effort into it. Um, yeah. 
I think all CGI was, is pretty good. Like, I really like the uh, what's the robot's companion? Guts. What's his name? Bubs. Bubs. I love that guy a lot. That girl a lot. I, I'm sorry. I don't know. I think that character is cool. Captain Jung. Captain Jung's cool. Like, oh, you, know, you mean my new wife? Oh yeah, dude. Drinking Captain <laughs> cool sunglasses that she can do X-ray vision on. So yeah, I want to. I don't. I don't know who the voice actor is who's dubbing her over, but like very common voice replacement for Korean or Japanese Asian films. Uh, because I, I'm like, I know this voice. This is that standard girl voice that I hear a lot in anime or this. And that's one of the reasons why I'm like, man, I really wish I wasn't watching the dub. Yeah. Um, uh, I, I, okay. I, I just want to get these out of the way because they're, they're the things bothering me the most. Um, why was Sullivan getting all veiny? Does anyone know? I'm, uh, he's I, old. Okay. He's being maintained yeah. by, by like technology in his body that we see in his X-ray. So that's like he that, like that's what that was. Yeah, well, they do say in the very beginning he's 152 years old. But that is, he was born in 1938. So if he's old, I, that but him just being old. Okay, so Brandon, that might explain it. I must. Have, I don't know if I missed that part or not. But like him just being old shouldn't just make him be really monstrously veiny, like he's turning into a monster or something. That's the thing that confused me. Is it felt like every time that he decided to commit violence, it's like it just activated for no reason and then would recede. And I just I was like, why? Um, I, I I got the impression that that it's like the things that maintain him need to be like maintain themselves and that's what the x-ray thing is it's like he's getting repaired i don't know my interpretation i could be that... i could be throwing shit at the wall so my interpretation was that when he got case. angry or stressed that's when the veins would pop up and then he would make well, yeah. I, I don't know i mean that my interpretation was whenever he would he would get angry or he would have to or he was like put people in these in different like really like you have to choose i don't know I just like the angrier he got, the more veiny he got, and the more radical he got. But Which it wasn't always like. sorry, but it wasn't always anger that did it. And right. and like there just wasn't an explanation for why it was happening. And I'm like, I okay. I mean that's that's fine. I just I felt like I missed something uh in a in a movie that probably could have told me, um, is all. Uh okay, the other thing, um God, it's three things. What's the second one? Um I remember the third one, so I'll say it now. Uh, how come the nanobots that are in the big storm thing aren't affected by the hydrogen bomb? But if the girl had been near it, her nanobots would have been affected. But she doesn't have the indestructible nanobots. Oh, okay. They say there's two types of nanobots: is the regular nanobots and the indestructible nanobots. They say that in the beginning of the movie. They yeah, I mean, yeah, that is true. Yeah. It's okay. it's stupid, but they say yeah. it. Yeah. Um, I I really like I I. The central premise of them like finding this girl and then like discovering they all have hearts of gold. Like it's Guardians of the Galaxy in a way, but with trash men. Like I, I think, I think I, that's. I, I got some major Outlaw Star vibes, and I, I praise Outlaw Star a lot because I think it's, I think it's an underlooked anime from the same era that Cowboy Bebop came out in. Um, and so I really like that trope of of of, of that that crew and that Cowboy Bebop type thing. At, yeah, um, I liked all the crew. What was I actually going to say though? Oh, the ending when they did the fake out that the girl wasn't actually on the ship i i was like oh shit <laughs> like i yes, had a moment I, yeah the beginning thought, and end i have no problems with at all yeah i thought yeah. that was really great um what what was what was the goal of finding his daughter he just to, to, to put to put her on earth and make trees grow no 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 i, he, yes. I think um sparks is asking about uh um 
His his daughter, the pilot's the actual, daughter. The pilot's daughter. Oh, the no, pilot's no. daughter. Closure. I. Yeah, I was I was guessing <laughs> hey, it was like I don't know. That was that was not clear. That bothered me throughout the film because I'm like, and again, like I wonder if it's a dub problem. But for me, I was just like, why? I feel like they're talking about her like he's gonna find her and she's alive, and I'm like, she's been in space, like she's orbiting the Earth. She's she's <laughs> dead. Why are we willing to sacrifice so much? to find the body of your daughter. Like, I get it. She's daughter, but she's dead. Like, I don't... I, at a certain point, I feel like we're sacrificing too much, especially the beat where he is going to initially take the money to go find her body, but it's like, yeah, but that that other, like, alive girl who is a real person now, you know, just got taken. And I'm like, why are we working, why are we working so hard to find a dead body? Barnaby wants to say he... Yeah, I would say Brandon... Like, for Brandon's thing, he wants closure, and also he wants to maybe give her somewhat of, something of a proper burial instead of just filling in space aimlessly amongst the debris. I mean, I yeah, know. If you're, tell, you're us right. so tell us that. Then. So that 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 motivation was unclear, and also that motivation in the context of the things he does in the film doesn't work for me. <laughs> no, I mean, I know I'm, I just defended I just defended the movie, but I do agree because even as I was watching it, I just thought, okay, this guy just really wants to find his daughter. But then I was like, but wait, she's that she's gone. She's she's dead. She's pulling in space in a vacuum. There's no way she's alive, unless there's like nanobots that could put her alive. I I don't know, but. You're right. It is a little unclear. It is a little like, why are you trying so hard to find her? I, I did wonder know? while I was watching the movie, I did wonder that um, it does feel like this like extraction thing was like, if you find her quick enough, we can bring her back, you know, like sort of thing. Yeah. So, like, they're racing against time for it. That, that was the weird thing. I'm like, why are we, why are we talking about her? Like, if you find her, she'll, she'll be saved. I don't get it. Um, yeah. That, that, that I didn't think was handled great. Um, and it, it, it did bother me when we get to later in the film where, where again, like it's challenging his idea of like, I understand why he's more like whatever, screw the girl, whatever, when he thinks she's not a human being. But once he realizes she's a human being, that changes something in him and that's clear. But then he's also still like, I just watched her dad get killed and she got taken away, but you're right. I still got to find the floating around dead body of my daughter from three years ago. That's more important than what just happened. Uh, that didn't jive with me. Great. I feel like that entire subplot is cut it, just get it out, cut it out. No, I like him having an emotional motivation of something that he's working for, something that I, I love the whole concept of him having been the top dog of mm -hmm. the space guard officers. Yeah. And uh, then he realized like, oh, this girl, I can't let them, I can't let her die. And then, oh no, I'm the reason that she can't hear. I need to stop killing. And he ends up leaving and he did all that for her. And now she's lost. And that's very, like, that is good motivation and sadness and, and all that. I mean, I guess you can keep all that motivation, but drop all the stuff after that. <laughs> just, just, just make it clear that like he's just obsessed with the idea of recovering her body at least make that much clear to me and i can at least accept it but again like that specific plot point where he's willing to put finding her dead body over the living girl i go nah this is one of those cases where like i thought like when this was announced this was a show uh and i feel like this is like a show's worth of content trying to like kind of cram into a movie um and even then at yeah, two to almost like two hours and 15 minutes like it's still missing a lot like i i can't I don't. I think I might have fell asleep for like six minutes, maybe. But I definitely kind of to zoned out near the end, except for when the action was happening, because I just I found it kind of convoluted and not very compelling in a lot of ways until uh, until cool robot mechs people showed up. That's always cool. Those guys look rad. 
Um, I thought they were really cool. Everything conceptually behind the designs, I I I really liked. But uh, I really wonder if it was the dub that, that threw it off. I really wonder. Well, it had a weird energy because of the dub. Yeah. Um, yeah, perhaps. I, I don't know. I watched the same dub, but I, I found all the characters very compelling, and I really liked the um, setup and payoff of, of certain things. For example, the the axe cutting off hands. I really liked that scene. Oh, that. Yeah, uh, I like all the characters. Yeah, all the characters are cool. Yeah, I, I, I mean, like, I, it's, it's. I, I understand that, like, it sounds negative. I'm not, I'm not really that negative. I just, I don't think that the energy for the dub in general, specifically the middle section, clicked for me. Yeah, and I probably would have clicked better with the just hearing them actually speaking correctly. I don't think certain emotional beats connected with what I was visually seeing. It's very hard to do the dismissiveness that is visually present in Koreans, but still have something emotionally behind it in a voice oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, when you are dubbing it than it is to just have the language do that um, and then be reading it to translate it. That that doesn't always work well. And the pilot is the character who suffers the most from that. And that's a dub problem. That's not a, that's not a movie or an actor problem. Um, and and that's that's kind of where I gel with it. But like it, it sounds it sounds like a, I I have issues. Like I'm confused about certain concepts, or or I don't think that they clicked very well. Um, and I do think the movie's too long for its own good, or needed to do something else with that middle to keep it more engaged. Like I once we once we meet up with the the uh, the black the the fox people black um, fox black fox people. Uh, I don't feel like that group needed that the the plot motivation to separate i feel like we could have gone from that beat to the them getting with the doctor beat to the space guard stopping them and killing everyone and killing the doctor and taking the girl beat and we didn't need the in-between stuff there did you guys like the bad guy richard armitage is that richard armitage yeah 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 that's richard. that's 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 the that's dwarf man as the 100 yeah. oh, yeah. I, I thought he looked familiar i did not recognize i, I thought it, he was okay Oh, I really liked him. I thought he brought a lot of fun energy to it. Yeah. At first, I was at first I was like, "There." It's weird because I was like, "Okay, are you really the bad guy?" And then I was like, "Okay, maybe Black Fox is the bad guy." And I kind of—I knew he was a bad guy from the second Out, song. Outside of being it's confused okay. about his vein stuff, yeah, I thought he was good. I liked <laughs> his obsession with uh, his two-faced nature of you, you. The the bit where he has the journalist guy and he's like, "Shoot him!" And he's like, "See, this is what you are. That's why your filth won't be in my Eden. You're not going to pollute it and that kind of thing." Yeah. I I, I do yeah. wish that the film had had leaned a little more into that kind of classism shit, uh, but I think it's there enough for it to be chewed on plenty. Mm -hmm. I also really liked the the idea that um, uh, the black foxes weren't the uh, weren't like bad guys. Like they were the ones who are like we just don't understand if you can terraform mars why can't you do the same to earth yeah yeah yeah, yeah i, I, I like that motivation yeah. uh uh there was a what was it the the uh blom movie elysium yes. like it has some similar like class warfare vibes and i i really liked i like this premise a lot um i think it's a really a really very wally-esque cool idea of like yeah why aren't you fixing the planet that's right below us and instead just mm -hmm. going to fix other things outside of the planet like focus on your people um yeah. i think that is like, oh and then of course the main uh, the main bad guy um uh Sullivan is all like oh but I, there's like so much death and genocide and people are bad and then it's like no only the select few it's like yeah, you're doing the same thing that the, that your village yeah. that your nature village. nature is the only thing that's that's real uh i will say that the the only other thing about Sullivan that didn't work for me is like uh, that that ending moment when he's looking face forward at the bomb and he's going why 
I did everything right. And I'm like, that's a, that's a dumb thought. Come on, bro. You know, you didn't like, who are you kidding? Um, it's like, oh, wow. It's uh, self-seated or self-centered to the end. Okay. Yeah. The the movie setting at the time the the 2029 year 92 2092 92 yeah it does seem um, very close it does seem very close for how advanced they are what like yeah. I mean but it, it's no different than you watch a movie in the 1980s that says this is Blade year 2010 Runner. like Blade Runner. A, yeah no i i or, or you watch the transformers and excuse me the animated transformers movie says in the year 2005 i'm like eh. Wow. Jetson set in 2004. Yeah, no, I get it. But it's like 2092. Uh, like, we know how slow our advancements go uh, now. So we're not doing... I don't think we're getting part of that. But him being 104 years old puts his birth at the start of World War II. And I thought that was cool. Yeah, that is that is that is a cool idea. Um, I wish... I, again, I, just, I wish they did more with that idea. Uh, and, I, and I think it's... I didn't know it was Richard Armitage. That gives them one, plus one bonus. That's, 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 a good, that's a good makeup job i like that guy yeah uh i wish uh i i also echo what ryan said i just wish we had like one more sex like scene of them being space sweepers that's so that's um, so fun i just i just wanted that and i i felt like we only got like one good scene of them doing the space sweeping space yeah. sweeping um granted the action sequence at the end that uses the tools is good but like it's, uh, harpoon guns are cool guys man Oh, Bub's jumping around on all the ships is dope as hell. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Her shooting from the outside of the ship, that's awesome. Again, like... Uh, Her recharge AI gun with the ring. Yeah. Like, the, um, the, this is one of those cases where I do have problems with the plot and stuff, but, like, just overall, like, the the, the conception of it is so big and, and bold, and it's like, these people really tried to do something wild, and it's like, there's a bunch of scrapyard people in the future dealing with, like, this droid kid. Like, it's a, it's I a cool... A, I, am a, I am a sucker for, for a badass... Uh, Captain Lady with a big gun. Let me tell you. Um, yeah. So that moment was awesome. And I also, I'm also a sucker for um, uh, uh, like pushing buttons in an action sequence, or like pushing levers in an action sequence. You see oh, yeah. a lot of car chase sequences when they're about to drift. You see like push on the brakes. It's like that thing. And so you see them like pushing down levers and pushing things. I'm like hell yeah, give me that. And it's it's very like the action like there's so much happening but it's easy to see like it's really it's really shot really well it's dynamically shot like it's it's very kinetic and fun um yeah like this is like I'm very excited for like the like the next movie this person makes because this is this is big and bombastic mm-hmm. yeah I, I I really like the world um I this is based off a of webtoon right it said at the beginning like it said webtoons I think did it I didn't see that yeah. I didn't see I think that so, yeah. I, heard, I, I saw it when it said Merry Christmas. Yeah. Uh, space Sweepers. Da, 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 da. Uh, right anything about it being based off of... Weird. What was... Oh, it might have been a trailer for one of the trailers we watched earlier today. So it was a webtoon, maybe. Yeah. I'm pretty sure this is an original. An original. The upcoming, the upcoming webtoon series is the first of the two companies' collaborative projects. Wait. Oh, I think this movie might be broken up and into some other thing in a different country huh. oh weird all right okay weird um yeah i i, I don't know i had a blast I, I i'm gonna rate this one high go for it yeah i mean like i i i, I didn't dislike it yeah uh, there's just things that uh, man i i really wish that that middle hadn't dragged I seriously like man, yeah, like cut like 20 30 minutes out of there and like this movie would like be... none of none of the rest really yeah. bothers me as much it's just like that that middle just felt too long 
Yeah, sure. the, the middle was long because I thought, okay, we're going to be wrapping this up soon, right? And then I was like, oh, no, you still got another hour left to go. I mean, besides that, um, it's weird because um, I can't uh, – the pilot, is it Taino or – Taijo. Taijo. Taijo, yeah. Taijo, yeah, I think. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't be wrong. I like him, but I love Captain Zhang, Mr. Park, and uh, Bubs so much more. Bubs is cool, yeah. I mean, because I know well, we get um, most of um, – uh, Taijo's uh, story mostly oh, like, like I really like the scene because you brought up Bub. I really like the scene with him and uh, Dorothy. I forgot the Korean name. Dorothy. Um, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. The the two of them that moment when he's when she's putting on makeup and and, mm-hmm. and the little girl recognizes Bubs as a she. I thought that was That's really good. cool. Yeah, and and Bubs recognizes that she's human. Yeah, yeah that was really cool. Um, also. Although one thing that kind of threw me off is like when uh, you, you see Bubs in, in her skin graft, but she still has like the manly voice. The voice. See, yeah, but also you see Porky like, you weren't, where were you in the whole movie? Because I never saw, I don't know, that wasn't the waiter in the very beginning, was it? No, that wasn't the waiter. What? Wait, what? I don't know, because you know when um, it's at the end of the movie, you see this dude tied up and, and oh, the big Bubs guy. like, hey, Porky, and it's like, we're... What's this guy's connection to Bubs again? I don't oh, that is, that is she. The, the dude has a connection to Captain Zhang. Uh, you're you're correct that I also don't know what that connection was meant to be. If we saw him in the beginning of the movie or not, I don't think we did. I don't think so either. It could it could just be it could just be a literally a character we don't know, and it's just like, hey, Bub, like, look what I look like now or something. Yeah, yeah, it could be. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, I remember when Bubs uh, got uh, got her skin grafts, and I thought that was cool. And and wasn't wasn't that like part of Bubs' story about like he was he was he had everything taken from him? That's how he ended up with the with the crew. So like he lost all that. That was the person who stole the money because he gets all up with the harpoon when he's now in the oh. skin graft, and he says, "Remember me? You took all my stuff." Oh, okay. oh yeah, you're per- yep, yeah. yep. Yeah, you're right. I honestly didn't think about it. Um, okay, we get a happy ending. I feel like... Sorry, go ahead. I was gonna say we get it. We everyone got a happy ending because I also love how Taijo like puts on his Nikes and because yeah. he had problems with shoes the whole the whole movie. I'll be honest. When the indestructible nanites saved the saved the ship, I was like, I was in tears. I I, yeah. I don't know. I had a really good time with this movie. I'm glad. Mm-hmm. Um. All right. I feel like we're winding down. Uh, should we rate? Sure. All right, Ryan. Since you spoke up, you you rate it first. No. Okay, I would give it a seven point five. I think the beginning and the end are real great, and I think there's just there's some stuff in the middle that just like cut it out, just chop it out, chop it out. Sparks. Um, I want to give the dub a seven point five and the film an eight. Uh, I think I have a sneaking suspicion if I watched it in the Korean, I'd feel more positively in general about yeah. it. I still think mm-hmm. I'd have certain issues with pacing and all that, but I. I think the energy would have carried me through a little better. Yeah. Um, so I want to give the film an eight because I think uh, I think it's really cool. And I think that it did have a lot of good stuff, even with its little little not so great moments uh, and flaws. But uh, overall, I think it's a good time. Ben. Um, I'm giving it an eight point five. I guess I was lucky enough that when I hit play, the dub or not, it, I, it was the actual Korean movie. It wasn't the dub. So I get, I count myself lucky for that, and I had a blast this movie. I do agree. The middle was pretty long, shaved some time off this movie, but other than that, it is a, it is it is a solid jaunt. I would probably see it again. I'm probably gonna have solid a jaunt with me. Solid jaunt. Uh, ben, what'd you, what, sorry, what was the number? 
Uh, nine. Oh yeah. Uh, I had a I had a blast. I was crying by the end. I was cheering. I had a really good time with this movie. I don't know why, but there I am. That's great. Hell yeah. They're all, all right. standing at the end. And it makes me happy. So we shrink down into our book club. Gonna do something for the opening of the podcast, but uh, like have a little version of me, but I didn't have enough time because I'm real lazy. Uh, <laughs> hey guys, we're gonna do this club now. Welcome. I chose um, the relaunch of the Ant Man book. The Ant Man hadn't had a book in a while, and then the movie was coming out the next year. Uh, so Nick Spencer came out with a, a new a new Ant Man book. It's a five issue miniseries that unfortunately got relaunched immediately after because Secret Wars is happening. But it did get another series with the Astonishing Ant Man, so it did continue after the world was destroyed with Nick Spencer, right? With Nick Spencer, yeah. same same team, yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, this is just like I wanted to read more some more Scott Lang. Um, we had some Jimmy Woo action in WandaVision. Jimmy Woo was in Ant Man and Wasp, so I was like, I want to read uh, some more Ant Man. You you don't always get solid character runs when they're putting out comics to tie into movie release yes that's, which is what this was yes uh and this is really good yeah i, I specifically yeah i remember when this came out because i wanted to give it a chance because i've never read an ant-man before and mm. uh i talk about a lot how the the comics really robert downey jr-ified uh iron man and i i found that to be not always a problem but sometimes a problem like he doesn't always need to be super snarky as as he is the Paul Ruddification of Scott Lang is the best thing to happen to the character, I think, because he went from just being like a lame criminal man to actually being a really funny dad who I'm really compelled by his journey with his daughter because he's just a dad trying to do the best. Um, I think the rogues gallery he has is really fun. You guys know I love Taskmaster. You get introduced to, to Bear Man, who I thought the Russian guy in Ant-Man was going to be the Bear Man, um, but it's not because uh, I'd be too ridiculous. Ant-Man 3, though. Um, yeah, I just think it's it's a... You know, it's not a it's not a, a award winning run, but it's a it's a fun little Ant Man book. Uh, so Ryan, if I may ask a couple of questions real quickly about the state of Marvel at the time that this run came out. Hell yeah, do it. I was I, I was not reading Marvel, but Secret Wars was coming. It was around the corner. Yeah, uh, and we also read the annual and last days uh, for this yep. book club as well. So, um, the the thing like Fantastic Four member. With yeah. the little with the girl head and the thing body, Miss, Miss Thing, yeah, yeah. Who's that's not Cassie? No, that is okay. that is a completely new original character. I didn't know that. Okay, and then and the she's second question. She's a full grown woman. Then the second question is: Cassie was stature in this continuity still, right? Not yet. Not yet. Interesting. Or know. or yeah, no. In this continuity, no, she was. She was. Yeah, she? this was this Young Avengers was a few years. That's that was the whole lead into his return. Oh, okay, we saw yeah. Cassie like at her dad's statue, and then he reappeared. Oh, okay. Okay. You yeah. did that whole okay. thing. Okay. So yeah, oh, I guess right. maybe she's, she's just taking some time off, I guess then. Um, it, was, it was interesting because the mom was like, I don't want near you because you shrink things. And like, and like, but she was also a shrinky, a shrinky person. Well, I think, I think the whole thing was that, um, <laughs> I think that there is some kind of story involving Cassie that takes place right after. The, is it in Children's Crusade where she's with her? She's at her dad's statue, right? Yeah, and he yeah, comes yeah. back and she's like, oh my God, you're back, yes. dad. Okay. So there's some kind of story there 
that I think happens where um, where Cassie where Cassie her life gets so nearly threatened that Peggy's like no more superheroing and Scott Lang now stepping in as Ant Man again is like seriously no more superheroing. I think so, and yeah. she decides to listen to them because the Young Avengers essentially disband for a while at that moment. Yes, um, that's and, a, that's, that's and that's the reason why it it has been yeah this came out in 2015 so it's been some time since that era. This was the era back when when Captain America was was like was Sam Wilson and we had Lady Thor. Um, yeah, because they talk about that in the uh, annual. They yes. talk about like Captain America white here yeah and thor's a man <laughs> i like things when they used to be normal i'm yeah, like yeah. oh you're a comic book fan all right you jerk okay um yeah what do you guys think about this one this was I, I really enjoyed this cool i don't i yeah. had a really good time no this was the first time i actually read any ant-man comic and while i was reading this i kind of really feel for scott lang because he's just um because reading in the trade he was just trying to make ends meet as a dad he i really felt that the connection to like paul rudd were in the very beginning of the first movie he's like i just want to make be things better for my daughter but then here he is he's already a superhero but he's still down on his luck yeah the difference uh, is between the comic version and the movie version is the movie uh scott lang he's a robin robin hood type criminal whereas scott yeah. lang in the mc in the comics he is an actual criminal oh, he, no, wasn't he, actually, yeah. he wasn't a bad guy yeah, yeah, I really like that where he when he was in the interview in the first issue and he's talking, he's like, Oh, I'm just really good at stealing stuff. Um yeah. I have a question. I have another question about the state of Marvel. Um pin particles do not work the same way in the comics as they do in the movies, right? Yeah. Because he talks about how he can shrink other parts of his body. Uh that and you can't do that in the movies. It's you go shrink or you go big. Um so um I think it's also just because the movies, uh, the pin particle stuff is kind of so new to the universe. They're not, they might explore that stuff like in Quantumania maybe, but like, yeah. I think, um, yeah, the, the, they do a lot more stuff in the comics cause it's just been around a lot longer. They, they kind of like kryptonite. You just do what the hell you want with it. And then you, Cassie has pin particles in her heart. Yes. Because like in their bloodstream. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Cause from the, 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 the stuff from like, the ant-man comics from like the 80s like marvel mysteries or something um yeah cassie gets like abducted by darren cross and he's gonna he's gonna use her heart yeah. or whatever uh and because she was hanging out with ant-man almost like dr manhattan gives people cancer like she has like oh. pin particles in her body or something it's weird um know. yeah I, I thought that i think that's a that's really cool also one of my favorite parts about this is that scott lang is never in civilian clothing he is always in his ant-man costume it's, it's expensive he's gotta wear it. he's gotta use it right uh, I, I, love I, that think I think that suit is cool too. I like that. Yeah. that design. Uh, I love that there's a little lab in there that he never knew. And he's always yeah. trying to convince people that like, he's a scientist. Like I'm a Hank, I'm also a scientist. And you're like really kind of dumb actually. <laughs> uh, I just think I, I think Nick Spencer is a really good comedy writer. There aren't writing, writing a, a, you can be funny in comics, but writing a, a comedy book, I think is really hard. Cause it's like uh, reading something as opposed to saying something out loud. Like they just, they read differently. Right. So every person interprets a joke differently on the page, but I think Nick Spencer, he's able to really, really uh, uh, bring comedy alive on the page. Like I think the stuff with, again, Taskmaster, I think that stuff's great. The stuff with, yeah, um, for sure. What's the living computer that, that jerk off guy. Oh, uh, <laughs> the, the machinist, the machinist. Yeah. That guy, I think, I think his stuff's really weird and fun. Like I love bear man. I think all the, oh, I think all the comedy is really good. So I, I know today was the Super Bowl, and obviously I had a lot of football in the mind. So when I was reading the uh, annual, and we got to the and it's the very beginning of the book, and it's like I've asked nicely, I asked a half an hour ago kindly, but can we please put on the Bears? And he's wearing an actual Chicago Bears shirt, and the <laughs> barkeep is like, "This is a Dolphins bar. If the Dolphins are playing, we're watching the Dolphins." I'm like, "Oh, he's really committed really to you it. for doing that, Nick Spencer." 
what what I really love is uh, the machinist being like the Scott Lang and the machinist talking about it and Scott's like, does he even like like he's not even from Chicago? Does he even really care? And he's like, he's just committed to his shtick. Yeah. I admire that. And then when the machinist takes over the TV, he's like, I'm doing this. Also, uh, go Bears. Awesome. And Bear, and Bear Man's like, yeah. No, no, it's funny. It's like, awesome. Yeah. Um, I so Nick Spencer, I. I consider doing this book or another book that Nick Spencer wrote, oh. Superior Foes of Spider-Man, which I think is a better book than this book, but that is just all of the C-list Spider-Man villains who includes the Beatle, which he brought over from that book into this book. Oh. Um, the Beatle's not in it a lot, but I think the, the Beatle's a really fun new, like, an anti-villain character that kind of becomes a hero. Um, but I, I really like that last day's story where it's the last day that Ant-Man's alive and it's not some big superhero adventure. It's him going to hang out with this elderly superhero um that that guys that is so much fun going to an elderly retirement home for superheroes and supervillains and then she gives them all one less chance to relive their glory days before the world ends that is so sweet and beautiful and all of those characters are real characters from marvel's past those are all characters from the 40s and 50s i looked them all up leopard girl and like crimson man and like miss miss miracle is like those are all real characters um yeah. Spencer loves like deep deep cut shit um and i love it and she and she turns out to be the cloak clairvoyant yes and she's like yeah no that's me my power's got worse. Happening. Yeah. One of my favorite things is uh, Secret Wars. Uh, Secret Wars falls on a trope that I love, which was that uh, we got to see all these characters uh, die. Yeah. Um, and I think that's really that's really bold and really cool. Um, and so all the last days, one shots. I remember when that era when that was happening, and like the 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 moment of hopelessness that was deliberately around the Marvel comics. Oh yeah. Uh, All the comics had like one month until Secret Wars. Like, guys, the universe is ending and everyone's dealing with it. Every single comic is dealing with it in some way. That's it was it's an unprecedented event, not just because that's a great event, but like that can only happen with time again. Like this is yeah. only something that happened once in a generation. But it was also it also interrupted a lot of runs, which I which I always find funny. Again, um, this, this book only got five issues before it got relaunched. Spider Gwen was the same thing. The ultimate yeah. universe was halted mid-story. To yep. be destroyed forever. Yeah. Uh, it was a crazy yeah. time at Marvel. Yeah. Um, and again, like I still like all this it's stuff. It's kind of almost better in a way because it makes it feel like it's more real. Yeah. Like you didn't have a nice, you did, not every run went and tied up a nice bow on the things they were doing and then yeah. went, and now time for the event with everyone. It's like, oh shit, I had like, I'm not going to see Cassie. Yeah. I was just like juggling things. No, like, I love what I did at the end of that last issue. It, it is so good oops it's so good that his final moments are like still wearing his his helmet after having having a drunken sex with the beetle who's a super villain and she's like like you know like you're not the worst i've ever had and i know i'm the best you've ever had and he's like you know maybe if the world ended right now it wouldn't be so and then the world ends and i'm like that's so funny that's yeah. so good he's like you know maybe things are kind of looking all right nah scott you died again nick spencer's great I'm re i've been really enjoying his spider-man run so yeah. this was really nice to go back and and read something like this. I, I really enjoy it. I love uh, the him doing doing the whole Tony Stark thing. That's so was good. great. Yeah, uh, I, I think, think this is a good Tony Stark. Like it's it's. I it's think the one rival. of my favorite parts yeah. is when he makes the billboard and he's like, is endorsed by Iron Man. And he's like, I'm sure Tony will be cool with it. It just cuts to him. And he's like, Sue. Yeah, <laughs> this, this is Tony during the Superior Iron Man days when he's technically a, a bad guy in a way, which is funny. Axis. Um, Axis. Yes, that. That event, yeah. Uh, I liked I liked Remender's Uncanny Avengers that led into it. I did too. I think that book's that book's pretty cool. Um, mm -hmm. yeah, I, I just think like the 
this is such a good character piece and like the villain is just darren cross like uh and his son augustine who's just such a daddy's boy and darren does not give a shit about his son at all right um daddy daddy yeah i think that stuff's really fun um i think i think the stuff like when cassie gets like abducted i think that's like a pretty like compelling stuff um and like he just does not want to mess things up with his daughter and his and his ex-wife and like he is and like I, I just think that stuff's it, it's the small scale stuff that like that again, something like Ant Man's like it's really nice that these can also exist next to the giant Avengers books. Um yeah. and it's, it's just as interesting. Uh, I thought they did a, a great job with Taskmaster. Taskmaster's whole banter with him is great. <laughs> uh, my arch enemy. Come on, bro. Like I don't even like you. Like I wasn't even here to fight you. Come on. Yeah, yeah. I was I wasn't there to fight you. I was there to fight Hawkeye and Spider Man and Iron Man. You're your distraction. Yeah, Don't tell people there. you're my arch enemy. I have a, rep- a reputation. I love when Bear Man first comes in and he's he's just got him pinned to the wall and he's like, I'm going to get revenge on you. He's like, yo, man, I'm dead. Google it. Yeah. <laughs> I was dead at that time. Wrong hand, man. And he's like, oh my gosh, this is so embarrassing. Yeah. Um, he, no, I also love how he hires him later and he's talking. He's like, did that Ant-Man who banished you look smart? No, it's probably O'Grady. That guy. Eric O'Grady, who is who was an Ant-Man, also is now Black Ant, who is like basically best friends with Taskmaster, which you see in Secret which Empire. Is, but that's one of that's one of my favorite things is that he's got the like you know when you get a second chance you should pass it on, and so that's what he's doing. He's passing it on. I think that's a really great setup for Scott. Mm-hmm. Um, I also love when uh, Machinist takes over uh, uh, Crossfire. I was just on that page too. Yeah, Crossfire's <laughs> uh, computers, and he's telling him there's a man in a bear suit about to break bust through your wall. Who turned off the air conditioning? And then he's like, I used to be somebody. <laughs> you third grade bullseye. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I, uh, I have a soft spot for, for obscure characters. So anytime something like Crossfire shows up and I'm like, I've read like one comic of this guy. Thank you for just like being a dumb dude who shows up. I love I, it. And I think they do a, a great job with the emotional story of him, like thinking back on the, the times he's missed with Cassie and mm-hmm. stuff like that while he's destroying the, the white cells in his in her body yeah uh and then and then having to make the choice like maybe it, it is best for me to not be around and, and um for somebody who is just like a regular dude in like an ant-man suit like he has like a really sorted history with you know like the avengers and dying and stuff like that and i think it does a good job of of uh telling you his past history like and finally like oh this happened in avengers blah 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 like it gives you just enough information so you're not confused Eggman is a dumbass villain and he did make some ai avengers um there's Ant-Man, a great um there's a lot of parallels between this book and ant-man and the wasp the, the movie the security the security um uh, uh store that he sets up yeah um and then eggman is an ant-man of the wasp yeah for a brief second yeah yeah, yeah. um yeah uh, that that ai avenger scene um where where scott's like isn't don't you think it's kind of creepy that you made all these people and then Jen, and then what does he what does somebody say so it's that it's that he's saying uh uh uh, there it is. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so he look, Hank's like, I was de- uh, dealing with a lot of insecurity issues, especially in social situations with the other Avengers. So I thought mm-hmm. he's like, you practice on them like a blow up doll. And he's like, when you say it like that, it sounds creepy. And then you have Carol like, that Hank Pym sure is a dreamboat. Oh, and then he's like, okay, it is creepy. <laughs> yeah, that, that's a good comedy. Um, yeah, the, the Ant Man is such a, such a fun Man, character. Man. And when again, Giant like, Man, when Giant Man walks in, when Hank Pym's Giant Man walks in, he's like, "I need that helmet back," oh. and he's like, "Dude, man!" Oh, and we are introduced to the 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 most recent new Ant Man, who who only has shown up in a various couple things. His name is Raz, I believe. Yeah. Um, but he's like a tech genius, and um, he's shown up in the War of the Realms Giant Man series that they had. So he's shown up in various things, but I hope he shows up again because, like, I love new characters getting Ant-Man suits. I think it's fun. Uh, I also love the conversation Hank Pym had. So go ahead. No, go ahead. I was just saying Hank Pym is merged with Ultron right now. 
Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I love the conversation that Hank Pym has with him where he explains why he chose Scott. And he's like, you know, you're always kind of nervous and you don't want the next person who comes in to do the job better than you. So I thought you were perfect. And he's like, wow, you're an ass. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Pym is an ass. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I, I think, yeah, this is a, it's relatively like 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 a, a, a fun book, like, you know, not not uh, super high stakes. Uh, I do love, I do love all the stuff with him and Cassie just trying to be a good dad. Like when he buys like the the little apartment that's actually like, just like, and he shrinks down and watches the movie Battle Royale. Yeah, yeah. Um, like which they do in, in Ant-Man the movie. Um, yeah. I think it's really charming. And I think um, if you like this, like it, this book continues with Astonishing Ant-Man. Uh, before that book got canceled right. but then now there's ant-man and and the wasp there's a book by mark wade and then there's ant-man um and stinger which is his daughter which now cassie is stinger and ant-man just had that five issue run that got canceled in 2020 because of uh the pandemic yep 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 so uh but that five issue run is there all uh, yeah. of all the ant-man i've ever read has been good ant-man's a great character hope um who's the new wasp van dyne no it's not hope van dyne she's oh sorry nadia nadia van dyne Nadia Van Dyne, yeah. Yeah, she's a new wasp. She's cool. She's she's very charming. Oh, I really do like in the annual too when she comes in and she gives him the lab. Oh, Jan, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, um, yeah Ant Man's a uh, mo- there are more good Ant Man books than bad Ant Man books, thankfully, because he's not he hasn't had too many miniseries, which is good. He's he's good, good stuff. All right, so next week um, it's my turn. Uh, I can't think of anything else right now, so I picked Avengers Prelude, Black Widow Strikes. Hell yeah. Fred um, Van Lente. It, yeah, by Fred Van Lente and um, Art Dude is... Got the Art Man by the Art oh, Man. Okay, there... I can't read that. All right. By an artist. <laughs> the cre- the credits page is wild. It looks like a movie. Oh my god, so yeah. I got um, yeah, so what this is, is basically it is a uh, prelude to the movie Avengers. It is an official Marvel Cinematic Universe tie-in. They had a, sta- they had like a seal of approval back then. Um... Mm-hmm. I think this is one of the better. I remember it being pretty good. It's it's just a story about Black Widow uh, before we see her in Avengers. So you know, kind of hopefully, hopefully it um, holds up. We'll see. All right. So I haven't read it in years. I got our team. Oh my god, you're right. There's there's like five different artists. I'm not gonna read it. Oh wow. <laughs> chapter one, chapter two, chapter three, chapter four, chapter five. They all have different artists. Oh, all right. Wow um yeah it's it's a i think it was a i think it's a three issue thing um yeah there's some backup stories in this one that's like old comics i won't i won't require to read you that but just the three i'll I'll, I'll read them okay all right so that'll be it for next week um next week for movies we're going to review love and monsters for valentine's day yay i'm excited ah mag thank you yeah Uh, be safe and good night everybody says mag good night to you too uh, thank you to the people who, uh, the alarming amount of people who watch this stream this tonight. Thank you. Thank you. I love you. Um, all right. So that'll be it. Of course, we have more stuff on this YouTube page. If you're watching this live, if you're watching the video, please make sure to like this video and subscribe to this channel. We greatly appreciate the growth. Um, we're stuck doing this for the rest of time. So, hey, uh, give, us some, give us some likes and shit. Um, but if you check out this YouTube channel, there's more stuff. There's more shows. Uh, there's a fake nerd book club series, which has um, uh, right now Little Char and the Gang. We're doing that one right now. And the audio for that one is also up for you audio listeners. Uh, that's Wasted Space Volume 3. Link in the description below. Um, we have the Fake Nerds Watch series, which is doing WandaVision right now, uh, which we have the fifth, the our fourth episode will be up soon this week. Right, Sparks? Mm-hmm. Yep. 
Um, and of course, our two Basement Arcade shows, Basement Arcade and Basement Arcade Pause Menu. Uh, the first episode of Pause Menu, where we talk about the Spider-Man PlayStation 4 video game from 2018, is up mm-hmm. now with a new episode coming soon. Yeah. Go, Web, go. Um, <laughs> guys, I mentioned that we're in this for the long haul, for all eternity. So make sure to buy your mask, and why not make it a fake nerd podcast mask that you can find in the description below. Um, we have we have we still have some masks available. Um, so please help us out by doing that. Help us out in two ways: you help us out by saving people and ending this pandemic, and you help us out financially. The way mm-hmm. Of course, we also have our Patreon, which you can subscribe to our five dollar tier, which has a bunch of cool stuff on it. Uh, our ten dollar tier, which has exclusive T-shirts until April first. April first. That T-shirt's changing. It's a different shirt, so you Bam can man. only get this shirt once. Um, and then our twenty, uh, twenty dollar tier, which is our hey, you like us? Give us twenty bucks. Appreciate you. Uh, we also have our T Public, which right now, uh, just this week, went up on T Public was our new Fake Nerds Watch and Fake Nerd Book Club, no, Basement Arcade uh, shirts, the designed by uh, the wonderful Sparks Witty right there. Uh, they are they are up. You can buy shirts of those now. Uh, I believe Ben loudly decreed that he would when he saw the Basement Arcade uh, logo. Oh, no. I'm still buying the shirt. I'm still going to buy a Basement Arcade I'm not shirt. trying to pressure you into a shirt. Buy a no, shirt, no, I Ben! No, I want one. Um, everybody should want one. But we also have some cool shirts up there. I'd rather be a fake nerd than a true fan. Hey, the Snyder Cut's coming out. Show us your fake nerd love. Um, all right. We also have a website where you can find all these links at www.fakenerdpodcast.com dot com thank you to everyone who listens thank you to everyone who watches uh we greatly su- appreciate your support we love you guys um your family to us is that too far who cares what i feel in my heart listen listen if we're all part of the fast and furious family then we're all family we're all at all garden together somewhere oh my god remember when they used to make that joke and go to olive garden those are the yeah. days those were the days then it became taco bell oh yeah we, we really downgraded yeah and, and then the pandemic hit and we stopped going because we had I miss, to. I miss going to Taco Bell with you guys. I miss going to Taco Bell. I want to go all ground with you guys so bad. I'll settle for Taco Bell. I'm not made out of money. <laughs> I'll still. I'll, right. I'll, I mean, I'm on the keto diet right now, so I can't get Taco Bell, but I still want to go. Thank you to Jeremy Velucci for our themes. You heard some of the themes. Uh, you, you, if you're watching this or you listen to this, you heard the themes. They're great. We love Jeremy Velucci. If you're watching the shows on YouTube, there are new themes for every single one of those shows. Hot dog. All done by the great Jeremy Vellucci. You can find him at Instagram on Instagram at Jeremy Vellucci Keyboards. Um, he also does a podcast called Suburban Proctologist. Uh, you can find that on iTunes, wherever podcasts you listen to. Um, you can find that also on Facebook.com slash Suburban Proctologist Official or Instagram at Subproc Podcast. So I will say, because uh, I now know that that's it's definitely going forward, um, Jeremy is going back and re- uh, audio formatting all his old episodes of Suburban Proctologist. We're getting remasters? Uh, yes, we are. Uh, because what he wants to do, because he has uh, improved equipment and everything, and he understands better how he's doing his balancing and everything. So uh, if you're like me, where you don't listen with headphones generally when you're listening to podcasts, uh, the audio has always had a little bit of trouble with the music versus the voices. Uh, Jeremy has gone back and fixed those issues. He's working on uh, them right now. He's also adding in new scores. Uh, for most of the episodes uh, so those whole new versions of those episodes are going to come out you're going to love them um something to look forward to subproc the legendary edition yeah there you go uh and of course thank you to mike patola mike 
He's a wonderful, wonderful human being. I love collaborating with people like Jeremy and Mike because they're great and they give us some great art to pedal off on the show as our own. Hell yeah. Um, so thank you, Mike, for everything you've done for us. For your fake nerds trivia challenges. That's not what it's called. It's the Mike Vitola possible movie trivia challenges for those things and for our logos, maybe some shirts. Who knows? Man, I, I can't wait for the next possible movie trivia challenge. It's going to be gorgeous. But you can find him at Mike Matola. You can find us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, all at Fake Nerd Podcast, fakenerdguys at gmail.com. If you'd like to get in touch with us personally, I'm at BT McClure on Twitter and Instagram. Wait, BT McClure 1? Yeah, BT McClure 1. There's never been a 1. Is it BT? No, it is BT. Oh, that's my. Never said 1 ever. You changed it. That's my email. <laughs> oh, no. BT McClure on Instagram and Twitter. Oh no, this is, now you're gonna get a million emails. So the funny. Snyder cult found me. Oh no. Ben. You can find me always double checking to make sure if there are numbers in my uh, screen name at BenMagnet27 on Instagram and Twitter. And also, guys, I still write for oldschoolgamermagazine.com. For some reason, the website's being really wonky and I won't let me upload new stuff, which kind of hurts my heart because I got some new stuff that I really like. I want to share with you guys, but can't because website problems. Way, but eventually, new stuff will be inspired. up on the website. What harsh way to find out you've been fired? <laughs> I'm not. I'm not fired. I I'm just giving you shit. Yeah, if you want, but yeah, there's still a lot of old, uh, great articles on Old School Gamer Magazine. A bunch of a uh, bunch of my stuff, a bunch of everyone else's. So if you like old school video games, go there, read some of my stuff, please. All right, Sparks. Uh, you can find me eagerly anticipating the birth of my nephew at Sparks Witty on Instagram and Twitter. S B A R K Z Witty. It's coming soon. Uh, they predict this week, so I'm gonna know another person with a baby. Yeah. All right, Ryan. You can find me having a baby soon at DJ Tony Snark. (laughs) That's a that's a wild way to find out you've been in a relationship for so long. (laughs) Everything's a secret. Um. All right. Subscribe (laughs) to us on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, TuneIn, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, and Podcasts. Rate and review wherever you greatest. We greatly appreciate it. Until next time, guys, stay fake.